and they refer to it as, as different than urine. They're like, oh, it's this nectar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure it it's is. It's like, I don't know, man. It's, <laughs> you covered it's... this really well. <laughs> Bartholins and schemes glands and shit. It's pretty, it's pretty warm. It's pretty warm. It's pretty, pretty. And, and it's, it's, it's like you can't tell because like pee is super clean when it first comes out. It doesn't really yeah. start to smell until after a while. Ooh, good I mean, experiment. Feed yeah. him asparagus, make him squirt. I've been, I've been. <clears throat> it's a tracer. Yeah, making, tracer food. Making my lady friend squirt frequently recently. Made yeah. her squirt this morning. Uh, Intentionally. Yeah. Uh, and what does she say? Pee or no pee? Well, we all know it's mostly pee. Yeah. But I will say, I, I saw her do it a little bit, and it had like a milky white coloring to it this morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So it's maybe a little different. Maybe well, there's something. also the, I'm sure we've covered back and forth the skeins gland right yeah <laughs> so it's like pee but it's like it's like vanilla pee oh gets that extra little flavor squirt in there yeah it's definitely got a little extra lubricants in there it's got some other stuff uh and hi welcome to rain city jerks rain podcast. city squirts rain city squirts <laughs> playing around the headphones here uh how many, how many comics have you heard do the, it's a guy and he's like, oh, I'm a squirter too. Oh, too many. Too many, mm-hmm. right? It's little, that's a little hangy fruit. Yeah. They always think that they found gold. It's just a golden shower. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you'd like, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I like a polite squirter. I'm into that. Uh, my lady friend of... Most recent times, I don't. She has like mystery squirt. It's like you make okay. you make her squirt, and you're like, "Where did it go?" Like, <laughs> like I know it like came out, but like I don't know where I went. Like, there's no stains. There's no hmm. like obvious marks. Like, it's just like, huh? I don't know. It's weird. That is I mean, gonna... does does it dry? I don't know. And that okay. is what's the volume we're talking about here? Uh, this morning, uh. I in milliliters, know. please. Yeah, oh, in milliliters. <laughs> I would say, you know... Uh, like a cup? Not even. I, I was going to yeah. say, like, this morning, probably eight tablespoons. Oh. Yeah, that, that's, that's a mouthful. Yeah. That's a fair amount. It's a, it was a healthy, healthy squirt. She was hydrated. But not yeah. so much so that it would really dilute a lot of the... I, I think that might be where we're seeing the milkiness. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the higher volume, you're not seeing that. At the higher volume, it's like, you're just pissing in my bed yeah. right now. Yeah. I'm thinking only of that girl that ruined my comforter, because she yeah. pissed like a gallon each yeah. time. I'm like, we got to get you an IV. You are seriously dehydrated now. It's, it becomes obnoxious. Um, and I, you have I to was, be all body positive about it. I was seeing a person for a little while, this one for a little while, and she knew that she was an explosive squirter, and so she brought over uh, pee, uh, puppy pads, wow. and I still have some. That's considerate. And so, yeah, she, so she was like, look, we're going to have sex, and you're going to make me squirt, <laughs> and so let's just put these down, and I was like, okay, sick. Now my bed's not flooded. I dig that. Easy cleanup. Mm. Now, we, we, we got into this maybe last week or a couple weeks ago, uh, but what's the shape of your penis, Jack? You got, uh, you got curvature or are you like a torpedo? A little English on it, right? <laughs> right down the fairway. Uh, like I'd a say, sidewinder, maybe? I'd say normal. It, it, you know, it's got a little bend to the uh, right, maybe. Yeah, okay, it's a okay. Bend to the right. Not much. It's pretty, pretty straight ahead. Yeah. Well, we're American. We drive on the right side. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you uh, can tell. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty standard dick, I would say. Do, and do you use like uh, 
like rotational physics? Do you like turn your body to like make use of that curvature? Uh, I mean, I definitely change my radial position to my partner so you're hitting them walls. Okay. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You got to fucking got to bottom out. Yeah. You got to side out. Bust them walls out like the Kool-Aid man. (laughs) Uh, Before we get too far into it, I guess we should say uh, we're joined today by uh, comedian John Tuttle. What's up, John? Thank you, guys. It's an honor to be here. comedian. Just give that voice a name. Yeah. I love being a disembodied voice to so many people. All 15, I guess. I don't know, man. Hey, our last, we, we, we fluctuate. Uh, we went, we had a couple recent episodes that were up around 50. Oh, we got uh, 50s now. Uh, yeah. The last, the last episode is still back around 35. Mm-hmm. Honestly, skipping a week seems to help for some reason. I don't really want to, but it seems if we miss a week, people are like, where'd they go? No. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, Graham. Yeah. Graham, Graham was. Did he say something? He was a little distressed. Was he? Yeah. Okay. Well, your other buddy stopped paying us. Yeah, well, times are tough. Yeah. Being a lawyer in Chicago. I, I don't know. A brain surgeon, but yeah, same thing. Yeah, lawyer, brain surgeon. Mm, someone better than us. They're all cads. Uh, cool. So, John, presumably you have, you have a penis also? I do. It's, it's my second favorite penis in the world. And your first being Jack's. Yeah, obviously. Clearly. Okay. That's uh, a good one. I'm swinging a nice bat. Excellent. Yeah. I believe it. It's uh, left. I had to sit here and picture it, and I love that here you have manipulated me into having a mind full of penis <laughs> because, I mean, I'm, I'm not currently erect. It's but. probably not that hard to get you there. Uh, actually, man, I'm almost 40. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, luckily, not so much in dates, but my dick is emotional, dude. I had a lot, like, sure. when I'd break up with a girl, yeah. I'd go out and, like, try to rebound, and, ooh, boy, my dick does not want to work at all. I feel that, and that's where, huh. you, get, that's where you get blue chew. Uh Oh, you chewing yeah. Viagra's up? Well, no. There, I mean, it's it's called blue chew. It's like Viagra gum. It's like, well, it's not even gum. It's like a smarty of Viagra. Starburst, maybe. It's, uh, it's more of a smarty. Fast smarty. Then, yeah. is it chalky? It's powder. Oh, smarties are awesome. Sublingual? Or no, do you chew it. It's just like a compressed powder, and uh, you know, a little pill, kind of like a, yeah, just like a little chewable pill, and it tastes like blue raspberry. And I only eat about half because that's all you really need. Um, and it's great. No more emotional dick. And then you go be a slut and not care. I love it. Man, I wish I'd known that because there's nothing where, like, that poor girl, it's like, I want to do it. Oh, I'll yeah. Really call her and be like, it wasn't, I hope you know it wasn't you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super into this. No, after, where the fuck he's at. after my second divorce, I got some and I was like, I want to fuck, but I'm also sad and my dick doesn't work right now. And so I want to power fuck and so i just started doing it and uh i'm a fan Blue pushing shoot. rope like you were just powering through the lack of erection or i mean it wasn't a lack of erection it's not like no, I he could. powered through the sadness yeah yeah <laughs> okay, the sadness did, not like, could not flag his erection that may, that i wasn't completely sense. i just wanted i just wanted there to be no question in my mind whether or not this was going to be like good you know what i mean oh yeah dude. yeah i just I want, a preparatory I, one for a big night i'm not yeah. gonna fuck around yeah i just wanted to you know take the Level the playing field a little bit. Take the mental game out of it. Just like, I got a 17-year-old's dick again. Let's go. Especially if you do any drinking, uh, Molly, cocaine, a mm-hmm. couple of those will mm-hmm. really oh, yeah. kill the dick. Mm-hmm. So if I'm anticipating a fun night, I will definitely like proactively take right? Cialis. Yeah. You do all that, you take yeah. a Cialis, you have a heart attack. 
Uh, no, it shouldn't work that way. I mean, really, it's the uh, like na- basopressors, like nitroglycerin. They will straight potentially kill your ass. Okay. Uh, with Viagra and Cialis, and it's I don't know. It was explained to me once. I was a medic for a while, so that's why I'm mouthing off. I did learn it, and I don't remember. It, basically, that's the thing. People taking nitroglycerin, they'll fucking drop dead potentially. If they're also on like a Viagra, yeah, it was a gold digger's dream come true. Because they're trying are... to do, but they're trying to do different things with the blood. Yeah, yeah so you just bottom out your blood. One's pressure, trying to constrict, one's yeah. trying to open, and and you, end up, I think it's uh, hypo... nitroglycerin constricts. Oh, it releases. It releases. Loses, yeah, so it's a vasodilator. Okay. So you dilate all of your vasculature, which means that now you're in a state of shock, not because you lost any blood externally, but because you've increased the size of the container mm. right. so much so that it, now your heart's burning out trying to pump not enough fluid. So. I'm pretty sure that's it, but I mean, I would maybe check my shit with a little grain of salt. I don't know. I'll Hello. stick to poppers. Yeah, good idea. I've never actually done poppers. No, me neither. It doesn't seem worth it to me. I mean, unless you really want to get fucked in the ass. I... Nitrous oxide? Oh. No. God, I don't see what's fun about it. No, that's no, not it's a amyl nitrate. Oh, amyl nitrate. So I heard about it, read about it. Where do you get this shit? Uh, porn stores. Porn uh, stores, yeah. Gay bars. Hmm. Uh, Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. How big are you into anal? Because I got to be honest, I don't like it. Uh, I mean, I'm a huge fan of giving. Uh, <laughs> he loves it. I'm. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like you. Exit only hole. I'm, really? I'm, I'm low on the taking. Huge on the giving. Uh, yeah. But no, I love it. Yeah. yeah, dude. I wish there's been girls mad at me that I'm not into it. Have you had that experience? Yeah, there, there absolutely. Was a, there was a girl at Club Comedy like the last Wednesday who her. Maybe this was her whole, like, her first time doing a set. I don't know. Don't even remember her name. But her whole three minutes was about how her boyfriend doesn't want to fuck her in the ass and how uh, he, and she doesn't even know if she likes it, but she wants to find out. And this dude just, like, will not do it. How, what would you guesstimate her age to be? 22. Oh, shit. See, that's because there's a journey you take as a man, I feel like. It, that's definitely in my life where you're like, oh, maybe my wife will let me try anal if I'm really good this year or some hmm. shit. Versus now where I'm like, wait, no, I, I can't have anal all I want. And I just, it's poop comes out of there. You know, it's just, there's just a better orifice. And it's right there. It's like right there. And it's custom made to massage good. my penis. Yeah. I love it. I don't know. I'm not even straight, I've realized. I'm just a vaginophile. Like, if dudes had vaginas, I. Maybe I'd never have to put up with bitches again. Well, they got bussies. So yeah, what what what, what if a guy? And I, I saw this on the internet the other day. And th- this is maybe like the gayest conversation about straight sex that anyone's ever had. Uh, the one that you had? No, the one that we're having oh, okay. today, okay. right now. Okay. Well, I started with amyl nitrate, so it was going to go bad. Yeah, bingo bongo. Uh, so a guy takes a flashlight, sticks it in his ass, but the it's like one of the vagina flashlights. It's like the rubber oh. vag. So you can fuck him in the ass, and you're fucking a vagina. Well, if you don't make eye contact, I don't see how that's gay at all. Yeah, it's a vagina essentially. Yeah, in Steve, and that's like the not that's not the way. Right? No, way. you're not. You're not fucking Steve's ass. You're fucking Steve's. Steve's just holding it. He's just warming it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's being a sous vide at the moment. Nice, consistent temperature. <laughs> Elliot Doolittle got a joke about that. He keeps doing it. I'm like, I can't believe how many people know what a fucking sous vide is. Do you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How do we all know that? That's oh, it's because cooking shows are huge now. Yeah, yeah. Alton yeah. Brown or something. Mm. Uh, Iron Chef, Top Chef, Master Chef. I've never done it. I've never sous vide anything. I don't even know if I've eaten anything sous vide. Oh God, it's so juicy and tender. <sighs> I can do my steak pretty all right, yeah. normal. I don't need to like, like bathe it first i see you had nice cast iron over there that's my jam yeah i got i got two cast irons and 
I pared it down. I used to have a Dutch oven too, mm-hmm. but I never really used it, so I sold it when I moved. Uh, kept those cast irons. You really don't need. I was telling Baby Boy Quinn that he needs to get a cast iron, and the idea of oiling it is too much for him. Oh God. The maintenance of it is actually part of the good thing about it. It's yeah. the, the zen nature of just he keeping it nice. Do you know Quinn? Uh, Fitzgerald? Yeah. I know him enough that we are Facebook friends, and we've had maybe two, three okay. conversations. Probably he's, more than I can remember. He's a curious young man. He, does, he doesn't have a kitchen. He ha- have you, I, I don't know. Does he not have a kitchen? He, he doesn't, he, I think he has like a, a, a burner. Is but yeah, he, he has no... He has a sink. I know that. Yeah, he's got a sink. But he doesn't have like counter space. He doesn't have cabinet space. Really? Uh, yeah, really. I guess he doesn't need it. No, I, I mean he's in Maslow's hierarchy of kitchen needs. He's a couple levels below needing a cast iron. Yeah, it's probably it's not first. It's not immediate problem. He he, yeah. he needs like an oven. But you first. know that all that Teflon and stuff. It's shrinking kids' dicks. It's a big problem. Yeah, yeah. We gotta we gotta get used to this kind of stuff. I don't know how we're gonna get the microplastics. I really do want to talk about kids' dicks, and that's what it's about. Okay. Well, don't that's why think... we that's why we brought you on. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this did not go over well in Olympia, as you can imagine, with the uh, PC crowd. But like, it's globally penises are shrinking. Have you the, heard this before? The, I've heard, yeah. I've heard the dicks are shrinking and taints are shrinking. Taints are shrinking. The interpar perineal length is yeah. going down. Mm. That's like that's like the uh it's like the canary in the coal mine. Yeah, that the taint. The taint, yeah. The taint is warning all of us. Like that... my dad had a 5-inch taint. <laughs> <laughs> he made to measure it every other month. Yeah, it was like uh... a, it was like a pride thing. <laughs> and his dad was like an eight and a half. Ugh. Dad's dicks and taints are definitely where this should have gone. I'm super glad. Oh god. You that's All right, that's really funny if you said that before. We need to do some taint talk. A but, taint TED talk? But I want my kid to have the dick it deserves. You know what I mean? Like, I guess I shouldn't be invested, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I am. I want, I want the kid to have the dick he should have growing up with. And like, for uh, him What if you it, have a daughter? Then I want her to have the clit she deserves. Okay. <laughs> whatever. I mean, I think it's mostly affecting male children, the estrogen mimicking plastic compounds. Yeah. But mm, I don't know. It's probably not good for anybody overall. Yeah. Uh, it's great for people who love femboys. I guess it's true. For a niche uh, kink, which I don't want to kink shame ever, but I mean, it literally might be correlated to some of the rise of trans uh, people in society. It literally might be, although that'll probably get you killed for saying that shit. Yeah, it's, it's possible. Uh, it's, not, it's, it's not as niche as it used to be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's hard to say, and there's certainly been transsexualism throughout human history, uh, but it does seem to be on the rise. I mean, culturally mostly, but I think that it might reflect an actual rise in it. I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, what are we talking about? Microplastics? Yeah, this is fun. estrogens? Isn't it fun? Uh, it's okay. Man, but kids' dicks are shrinking and we should be alarmed. Also, who is measuring? How do we know this? Someone's measuring baby dicks. Yeah. Well, That's and also, you, you don't really know what a kid's dick is going to look like until puberty. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so they're going to their house. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm, I mean, fetal... Fetal dicks are fetal definitely dicks getting measured, are... too, but I, I like the follow-up. Well, those are really small. Those are, like, they're already supposed small, to be small. But they're getting even smaller. Even smaller. <laughs> How unfortunate. Yeah, it's probably the biggest problem. I don't know. That and the fact that we're all going to die. But maybe we're just evolving into something new. I mean, being a man has not always been all it's cracked up to be. If I could ride the line between genders, maybe I would. Hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. I could just... I did meet a guy that had a vagina. 
I mean, I would call him that because he's presented like a man. He said, call him him. It's all good. Mm -hmm. He looked like a gay dude. Yeah. But he had a little tiny vagina. It bled once a month. He had a periods. Okay. Um, it was not functional. It wasn't big enough to be used like sexually, really. Okay. Although he's had a couple of boyfriends try, you know, try to play was with it. Was it a hermaphrodite or like a female to male transgender? Apparently the term is intersex. Intersex. Oh, yeah. gotcha. It's like one yeah, out of yeah. 10,000 or yeah, something. Yeah. It's not terribly yeah, common. absolutely. I knew all of this about this gentleman within five minutes of meeting him. We like we were. I was in London checking into an Airbnb and going into the hallway. I'm just like, hey man, how's it going? And he had his phone like out ready. He's like, do you want to see? What did he have a shirt on that said, "Ask me about my tiny vagina"? He was dressed in a, in a smart field jacket and stuff. But I mean, he literally. Or if you're asked that question, you'd think maybe you'd say no, but no, yes, he absolutely. Said, hey, I you want to see, see my tiny vagina? Yeah, he was. He was not shy. He was just like, hey, all this stuff he explained that I just explained, he did. And then he had his phone. He was, Would you like to see picture? Maybe that's his kink. And I was like, oh, he was definitely trying to fuck me. Yeah. But, I mean, it was it was super weird. He was Iranian of descent. Ah. Um, super gay, flamboyant appearing. And, obviously, he had a vagina. And he was super racist and a Trump supporter type. Interesting. Really weird. I'm like, dude, those are not your people. I that, all, that all checks out, honestly. <laughs> yeah, they loved Islam. And, and it was probably, this. like, the nephew of some, like, chic oil baron. Yeah, he was he was boy toy to a couple of big lawyers and shit. Like I think uh, I think he lived a different kind of life. But I mean, when it all comes down to it, and the what fascists run out of other targets, I'm pretty sure he's next on the menu. <laughs> They're not his friends. It was super weird. He said the most racist shit I've ever heard in my life, too. This is London. Within five minutes of meeting him. Like, this you want to a, look at my tiny pussy and also racist shit. This was a big five minutes. Yeah. Man. This was packed. There was two girls in a van outside that have been waiting for an hour to check in, and they saw me going in and get my shit. They were like, hey, did you, is the guy there? Because like, we haven't seen him forever, and he won't let us in. So I came in, and I was like, hey, dude, these girls have been looking for you. He's like, oh, yeah. But one of them's black. And I just looked at him, and he was like, oh, no, way! I'm not racist. I just, black people steal shit, and they break stuff. <laughs> yeah. This was the proprietor of this? <laughs> he was, I think he was just managing the B&B for, like, a... Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Some Saudi family did oh, wait, the wait, building. Oh, wait, wait, He worked there, and he was like, by the way, do you mm. want to see... Uh, he wasn't just some guy who was also staying there. He worked there, and he was like, check this out. I don't think he knew when he first accosted me that, like, I was going to be the customer, but... Maybe that's like what cost that's in the customer service manual. I mean, for that B and B, I did go out to dinner with him. <laughs> Absolutely, I let him show him. I'm like, dude, you're super weird. Dude, you're How super could it weird. Not be a good time? Uh, let me see right. that tiny puss. I didn't ever like see it in person. I, I could, the, the but then he also had a schlong, right? Is well, that... the picture, yeah, I think so. The picture burned it, so I was curious when he okay. said, "Do you want to see?" He unswiped it. He didn't have to like go and find it. It literally was something he was just. It's probably at. the ba it's probably the background of his phone. It could, no, it was too crystal clear. Like it, it was probably has its own folder. It was for like it. he was greased. It was a fucking like a glamour pic that was like it's like oh man, I never should have seen that. Like I was curious, but I'm not now. It, I still can see it in my eyes. It's just excellent tan bronze skin, real greased up. Oh my god, I'm, it was it was a mistake. But who you got to take that chance? You, you got to look. You got to look. What kind of a life do I want to live? Is the question you ask yourself at that? Like the kind of life where I don't look at that. I mean, I guess. What actually, were you, what were you uh, doing in London? Oh, I was. Uh, it was a weird time. Uh, I was going in there to buy a bunch of uh, MDMA and then ship it back to myself here in the states because you can get it over there very cheap. Really? And I was going to try to sell it and make money, and then a buddy robbed me. It was a whole thing. This sounds like a this sounds like a, a wild time. What year was this? Sounds like a Guy Ritchie this, movie. It sounds like kind of the sort of thing that I can't <laughs> talk about much because it would be... F oh, wait, but I could tell you a story about it. No, that still might be done. Well, I was getting out of the military, and it was a weird time. Um, 
but I got I was on the dark net a lot. Are you, you get on the dark net? You fuck around? I mean, I'm familiar and it was like the Silk Road. <clears throat> yeah, I've yeah. never I've never used Tor. it. I don't trust my ability to cover my tracks effectively enough. That's probably the big one. The problem. All right. So the problem is, is that in my job, I got a bit of training in that by the U.S. government, and like uh-huh. I got to see how they were employing their capabilities and what. And just they were, for the listeners, what was your job in the military? Uh, I did a few. I started off as a forward observer for the infantry, and then I tried out for special forces, and uh, was trained as a Korean linguist and a special forces medical sergeant. So mm. that meant that I was uh, on the team with Green Beret. I've got uh, an ODA is like 12 dudes. So you got four specialties that are redundant, a junior and a senior. So I was a junior medic with a guy above me who kind of mentored me. Uh, and that way you could split the team in half pretty easy because it's usually the 12 of you in like a really large back behind enemy line kind of situation training up an army. And basically, have you guys seen Red Dawn? Yeah. Boom. Mm-hmm. That's what Green Berets do. That's unconventional warfare. Okay. Asymmetrical warfare. It's actually literally a great example of it. So, I mean, that's kind of what your main expectation is. So that's why you had to have austere medicine capabilities. You're not going to get resupplied like regular soldiers. You're not going to get the same shit. So you got to you got to pack a lot of knowledge and, and ability in a very small package. Um, so it's cool. They train the fuck out of you. Like it, it really was super fun. And then I got blown up a bunch and couldn't do it no more. So, which is you know lucky me. My very last day in Afghanistan, like the concussion was so bad from the blast, like the dude sitting next to me, his sniper rifle broke in half just from the pressure. Holy fuck. I mean, we were thrown a lot away. I heard everyone on my radio going, oh, Delta One was my call sign. Like, Delta One's dead. Delta One's down. Like, they thought I got hit with an RPG. I know. It's like, I felt bad because it blew the antenna off. And I'm sitting there trying to transmit, like, I'm not dead, motherfuckers. But it's not really going out. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just hearing all their shit. In fact, what I said was 3-6 Delta One's okay. That's why I put it on my Purple Heart license plate. It's my little story behind that for Whoever cares. But it was a bummer because I really loved that shit. I was really stupid for like two weeks. I mean, more than normal. Like, I was just, I was slow, and I was worried it was going to be pretty much permanent, and I'd been hit a couple of times before. Yeah. So when I kind of came back to at least 85 90%, I was like, all right, dude, like, I got to call it because I figured I wouldn't have lived this long anyway, but my brain is so important. Like, it's like my <laughs> one of the, yeah. my favorite organs, like, yeah. really. So I can't fucking risk it anymore. It's a bummer because it was kind of a James Bond lifestyle. I know that not everyone's into that. But I was. It was super cool. And, like, what the fuck else ever measures up to that is kind of the problem with the rest of your life, I guess. I don't know. Well, like, you get... I might have to go look into the yogi and fucking massage angle, honestly. Yeah, man. I've had, uh, had like, ten concussions in my life. It's a dangerous business. Wait, from what? We've we've not talked about this before? No. So I had, like, two basketball concussions. I had two concussions from, like, standing or jumping up really fast into a low ceiling. Uh, I had two from doing yoga. What? Yeah, right? Those are more like stupidity concussions than yoga concussions. All right. Uh, And then I had my most recent two were from rock climbing, and those fucked me up for, like, a year. Did you fall? I I fell, and and I was bouldering in a gym. Uh, And instead of... It was fun until I fucking scrambled my brains uh but so like i I, i'd finish this problem and there's like little stairs you can kind of down climb but i couldn't find them and my grip strength was running out and instead of just like falling down feet first and rolling like you're supposed to i like fell backwards onto my back and like whiplashed my head which that that one wasn't bad. Like I've had enough concussions to know that that one was really not that bad. I didn't really know until later that night. Uh, and then I was like, okay, I'll take a week off. And I went climbing again a week later. 
and I just fell maybe like a foot onto my back. And after that, it turns out if you get two concussions in a row, that really fucks your shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was in the same place. I thought I was going to die. Like, I thought my life was over. I was having, like, these, uh, they call it neurogenic fever oh, yeah. from where, like, my, my hypothalamus was damaged and it couldn't regulate temperature right. And oh, I was getting, like, vertigo all the time. And, uh, yeah, it took me, like, a year to put myself back together. So Jesus. it's really made me reconsider things that I'll do or not do. Because, yeah, it's pretty important. Brain stuff. But, uh. Never had one. Yeah, well. Right on. Keep that melon intact, bro. Let's go, let's go jump off the roof a couple times. <laughs> Someone's got to be smart at the end of the day, though. We need some people with their brain intact. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess so. Isn't it's not intact in other ways, but like I don't know. I've just I mean, it's not like I haven't done risky stuff or like been banged up. I just I don't know. Just never had a concussion. Just got lucky. You might have had some minor like MTBIs. They're called now. Like if you ever lost consciousness, even for a second. No. No. Oh. Well, maybe you're just lucky. But I mean, even even if you don't get a concussion, accelerating your brain and bouncing around inside your skull at all, it's it adds up over the time. I mean, I'm sure everyone's got a little touch of the tism or a touch of something after. Yeah, you live long enough. Yeah. No, uh, I lived a, I lived a really high impact lifestyle and was very uncoordinated at the same time. So it's a bad combo. I I also I lived that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you still feel the effects of those things? The concussions, yeah. Like I I have memory issues a little bit. Okay. But um, I mean, in a way, it's like, dude, if you're always the same person, then even if I don't remember talking to you, whatever I said, I meant that shit. So it's like I don't sure. really have to remember shit unless I wanted to lie, which I really. I don't have time for that shit. I, I don't think uh, I don't think I've told a lie to anyone but a police officer in like twenty years. Yeah, Jeez. there's really yeah. not much of a reason to. No, yeah, man, fuck it. I mean, I'm okay with the fact that I'm dumb. It's it's weird, man. I I was very nervous about what people thought of me and constantly overanalyzing. I, just, I lived in my head a lot until like 23, and a couple of friends died in Iraq, and I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck am I? I'm gonna die any second. Like, fuck being worried about what people think. No one's gonna know who I am. I don't even share all this great shit I think about them all the time. <laughs> they don't know it. Like, I'll be gone, and and it's. I just realized how fucking dumb it was, and I. It felt like a switch. Like suddenly, I was just like open, don't give a fuck. Called my parents. So, hey, I've been doing drugs. I did everything. Like, didn't care. Like yeah. all the shit. It was just a quick transition. You have something like that in your life? A transition? Were you like nervous as a kid about talking or presenting yourself? Uh, y- yes. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it was probably going to college a little bit later in life. And so I went started school when I was uh, 24. And so I had, you know, been working on tugboats for like six years before that. And it was like in the real world. And then like I went to college and I was just like I was older than everybody. So like I had experience like you know, leading and managing other people at that point. And so it was just like, it was just easier just to like kind of figure out who I was and just be like uh, more dominant, I guess, or just like maybe a dominant is the right assertive. word, but just like assertive. I just yeah. like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Nah, that's stupid. And just like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Just being a little bit older, maybe. How much do you think your punk rock, uh, you were into punk when you were a kid too, right? Mm-hmm. Like how much do you think, I feel like that culture influenced a lot of my fuck the man kind of anti-authority, which is weird that I joined the military, of course. But Yeah, quite a bit, I would say. Uh, I mean, there's a part of me that <clears throat> today me, you know, wishes maybe I should have joined the military. Like maybe that would have been cool. I don't know. But at the time, like, and I still, you know, I still 
am not really into American imperialism, but like (laughs) at the time I was just like, there's no way I'm going to get blown up for something I don't believe in at all. Like, I don't, I don't think this is good. I'm not into this. Like, I don't want to get my face blown off. That seems super reasonable, I would think. I mean, honestly, it's just you get trapped is what it is. Yeah. I I was like, I want to sign up for two years. I just want to do my like one little part. Get the fuck out. I I know I'm going to hate it. And uh, I got the shortest contract possible. And I was really. Hold the mic a little bit closer. Oh, my bad. I didn't want to. Yeah. yeah. You good? All right. Yeah. And I got the shortest contract possible. But then we went to Iraq right out of Korea. And, you know, you you get tight with your people that you're working with. You look after them. And before long, you're very loyal to them. And then as you're waiting for your orders to get out, they get orders to go back to Iraq. And you sit there like, well, I'm going to sit at home while these dudes go back and get blown the fuck up. How am I going to feel? Right. And a lot of them die, and I wasn't right, there. Right, right. And so you kind of get trapped. You end up like, I re-enlisted just to go back, and we, we got trapped there. And it's just, you get sucked into it. And eventually, what I'm doing it for, I, I never believed in the war, but I believed in the dude to my left and right mattering to me, like a family, like a tribe. Right. I had a tribe. And sure. that's a good feeling. That that actually sustained me, and I missed that big time. No, I, could, I can see the value in that, and like, like I said, wish that I had had a, more of a taste of that. Uh we but, need to find a way to provide that to young men without the military. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, there's AmeriCorps and stuff sports. like that. I guess so, if right? you get into sports like that, that was kind of my experience of kind of, I don't know, being joined with other people through physical trial. Yeah. And, like, beating the shit out of yourself for four or five hours a day. and I think I would have liked boot camp. Maybe that's a really <laughs> arrogant thing to say from someone who has no experience I think or you'd knowledge. Have been good at it. But I think I would have liked it. Like I'm kind of into people yelling at me to motivate me, and like kind of like being a like that works for me. And so like I would have been like, oh no, I want to impress you now. And so I'm going to like kill everyone around me. Like the military thrives on that. Yeah, yeah. I like I knowing myself better now, and like kind of like looking back at my younger self, and like "Mm, it would have been good if like you could have gotten into the right mind frame of it. But like ultimately, it was just like. I don't want to get blown up for something I'm stupid. Yeah, like, maybe if there was a war worth fighting, things could have been a lot different, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I mean, so. why the fuck would you go up? I felt, I'm, well, part of me wanted to go because I was so anti-war. I wanted to be, bear witness. Because, mm. like, you would never know. All, all my life, I would just hear people talk about it. And for some reason, I just wanted to see it with my own eyes. I felt like that's important somehow. Like, you learn something you would learn nowhere else. Sure. And I think that is true. I mean, having, I put other people experienced loss, grief, unexpected shit happens even in you know you don't have to go to combat really for that to happen but it's staggeringly concentrated there um, sure so i feel like it, it's a kind of a shortcut to learning a lot about yourself and uh if you can manage to survive it without cynicism truly poisoning you then uh, i think that it's i don't know i'm glad that i've seen the true face of humanity down to the core yeah because i can still have hope even having seen all that so i think that that almost i wonder what that means exactly it, I guess it just means that I know you can get through fucking anything, um, even horrible things. And I guess also, even in their worst moments, human beings are capable of being better than they could otherwise be. Um, I have just enough hope. I mean, I, I'm not naive. I know, obviously, humans fucking suck sometimes. But it's cool to know that at their worst, human beings are often sometimes at their best. That sounds really cheesy, huh? That's probably so sometimes it takes that to, to bring it out of you. Yeah. Like, if all you got to do is, like, sit on the couch and look at a screen, like, mm. you're not going to get tested. There's no stakes. No. Nah. Yeah. That's that's the real difference. I mean, that's where people play Call of Duty and stuff, and they're like, oh, man, it's kind of the same. It's like, well, 
you don't get a respawn. I mean, that's a pretty huge... In fact, it's the biggest difference. I mean, nobody would play Call of Duty the way that they would do it in real life because you would, as soon as the round started snapping by your face, like a, just a gunshot going by your head is so loud that it sounds like someone shot a gun right next to your fucking ear. It's a huge... That's not a crack from a, a rifle. I mean, it makes you get your fucking head down. It gets your attention really well. And not a, a lot of these kids who think they'd be, be- Billy Badass... You're not going to stick your head back out there after <laughs> the first. You know the fuck you are no. not. You're not going to hoist a 25-pound sniper rifle up on your shoulder and get a perfect eye relief. And you're not going to do any of that. None of that shit. Uh, but, like, that's the main thing is no matter how much they could always make the simulation better. Yeah. Well, that's, um, that's also not what you should do, right? Like, mm-hmm. there, there's tactics for that kind of true. combat that you learn in mm-hmm. boot camp and training. This is true. But there's yeah. always a real threat of dying where there isn't sure. you know, otherwise. And that totally changes the way you make choices. And a lot of people don't know. I think that's a big part of it for people who missed out on the military is like, I know now for sure like how I act when people start shooting at me. I'm like, a lot of people want to know. Like, a lot of people think they'd be brave or not, or, but they don't really know 100%, and that bothers a lot of I feel like I wanted to learn that, right? Have you ever thought that? Yeah, no, no. for sure. I think it's pretty normal. I think about... I've tried to make it a joke before. It never resonates. It doesn't work. I should, I'll keep working on it, but I've tried to do this joke before about how I feel like I have outdated DNA in that, like, you know, you stick me back in, like, the Iron Age on some, like, village in Ireland or whatever, and there's, a, like, Vikings coming to fuck us up. Like, yeah, I'll run down the hill with a sword. Like, I yeah. will be that guy. You'll but, fight for your trap. But, like... That doesn't exist anymore. That's not really necessary anymore. And, like, uh, I'm, I don't know. Especially in my youth, like, I, I, if there was a a situation that, like, I needed to be crazy in, like, you know what I mean? Like, it would have not taken hardly anything to, like, like, oh, I get, like, a helmet and a, a big hammer, and you want me to go, okay, yeah, let's go. Let's fucking roll. Like, but... As a, as a society, we're kind of cut off from death. Yes, like yeah. we don't really see it. It's not. It's not like a daily reality. You know, we don't have to slaughter anything. We have enough of a medical safety net that, like, you know, they're going to keep us alive until we're eighty or ninety years old, whether we like it or not. As opposed to like, you know, Vikings coming and chopping you up or getting enlisted into some nobleman's war, uh, or you know, just getting kicked in the head by a mule. Like how many people have been killed by that? Right. Uh, it's not. A, it's not a reality here. So we kind of we kind of take it for granted. And it's you know like John was saying, you got to go to war to kind of know what it's like to like look death in the face and know how you're gonna react when it comes around. Like uh, I don't know. I used to have a lot of fear of death and. Yeah. You know, done a lot of meditation. I smoked DMT a couple times. Oh, that'll help a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I've kind of made some peace with it, but I'm sure that I won't be so cavalier when it actually comes knocking. Maybe. Maybe you know, we'll, we'll We'll see. Do you remember the first time you thought you were going to die? Like something had to have happened. It's really, I, only, it it's really the, only been one time in concussion? my life. Well, no, that I, I thought that was going to be a slow death. Oh, like yes. I didn't think that was going to kill me right away, but I, uh, I spun out my car on the highway one time. And it was a goddamn miracle that I survived. And you know, I was actually pretty calm when that was going on. I was probably spinning for like three or four seconds and missed like 15 cars. Yeah, I've done stuff like that and never had a concussion either. It's just like... I didn't get a concussion yeah. there. Like, 
but you, you only get the concussion when you slam your head into something. <laughs> but you face the possibility of your death, of your life flashing before your eyes and stuff. Those three or four seconds were were they like extended time? Were you? No, you it was just kind of like it, it was kind of slow motiony. I didn't have any sort of a life flashing. It was just kind of like, well, I'm probably going to die now, mm. and then. I just ended up on the embankment facing the opposite direction that I'd started. And and then you found Jesus. And then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> found found Jesus. I love seeing that, like, the airplane crashes and the newscaster will be there with, oh, three people survived and their parents are, like, on the being interviewed. Like, we just want to thank Jesus. I'm like, wait, thank Jesus for killing the other 270 people? Yeah, like, they, they cushioned the blow. Because if God's responsible for saving your child, he's also responsible. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, you know, pe- people only want to thank God for the good stuff. Yeah, you know, gamblers yeah. only talk about their wins. Same thing with the prayer people. I, I hate that I'm just shitting on prayer people, but I just never... Have, have you ever been religious? I tried. Yeah? Yeah. Well, you grew up... I mean, your act, you talk about being Jewish. Yeah, I grew up in the Jewish community, and I think it was around second grade, they started trying to teach us the Old Testament, and I was like, oh, that, that's not how that's not how things work. That's not how physics and reality works. Yeah. You know, I was, I was a precocious child, uh, but, you know, that happened. And then <laughs> around 13, uh, Jewish, Jewish kids get what's called a bar mitzvah. It's our initiation into adulthood. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to try to believe in God. And I tried and a couple years and I was like, nah, this just doesn't, still doesn't work. At least you gave it the old college try. So uh, now I'm in the, in the, I'd say, spiritual, not religious camp. Mm-hmm. Way less than I used to be, but uh, you know, I've had enough. I've had enough experiences of like everything being connected and coming from like the same source that it's hard for me to be like, "Nah, that's bullshit." I think we might be. In a, I, I think I have transitioned to being about where you're at. I think sure. I would call myself spiritual now, but that mm-hmm. that has come a lot of it from DMT. I think because yeah. with DMT, for one, a couple of times I would sit there and close my eyes, and you know the what I'm seeing. It's, I'm like, dude, I, my brain might be cool. I might have some talents, but I'm not doing this. Like, I can't produce this. And I know that that might not actually be a true statement at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the brain's a pretty complex organ. But I don't know. You just do get that feeling every single time with a great consistency. I'm always addressing people talk about entities and stuff. But it, I think it's just a connection. You just, I just feel a greater connection to everything. Sure. You did to realize and, and feel it very much in your soul how you're just a little part of a connected universe and... Uh, everything is bigger than we can imagine it is. And, and that's something that I, yeah, I think that that definitely made me feel at peace. When I got back from Iraq, or I'm sorry, Afghanistan, and I was kind of PTSD to the point where I was constantly seeking. Like I started motorcycling on the, doing high sure. risk items. All yeah, the yeah. And DMT was like, I did DMT like five times a day, every day, because it was the only thing Jesus. that gave me the rush that felt like being shot you at. You don't build like a tolerance or anything? No, I, I believe me, I experimented with it, and it seemed like, you could straight up do it right again. There, there should be a refractory period of a little bit, but you're just trying to overcome the MAO, the monoamine oxidase that's eaten up all that DMT. Uh-huh. You're trying to just get it spiked to a high level before it can do that because it only takes 10 minutes. That's what I loved about the DMT. 12 minutes, and it's then like I'm a back. business lunch. Yeah, straight up. I would wake up in the morning, do some DMT, then go to the gym and work and like have a great productive day. And I'm not a lot of drugs you could say that. I wish I could take acid in the morning and go have a productive day, but that's not really in the cards for me. Yeah, I've only done DMT 
vape in a vape pen and like it sent me but not the way people talk about it and so i don't i feel like i had like a a suborbital flight which is a good i think my first emt experience was like that um i it was cool but i was like i think there's more to this and like i didn't do it right and then eventually when you do get a sufficient dosage there's no doubt about yeah. it. there you will not be worried about you there's no doubt in my experience i've 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 known some drug dealers in my day, and all of them are like, "Oh yeah, I can get DMT," and then like, no one can, no one follows through. No one's like, "Oh yeah, I can get that." Like, you got you got to know hippies. I've, no, I've I've <laughs> known people that are like, "Oh, I can get that, no problem." Like, get it, get it, and they're like, mm, "Oh, okay, actually." I've made well, not made it, but I've I've extracted it. I can show you. How, it's pretty easy. It's about as hard as baking a cake when it comes to chemistry. It's not actually hard. To extract a large amount of it for not a whole lot of money. Would you extract it from grass, some sort of grass? Uh, mimosa hostilis bark. It's a really dark uh, bark that's used like an indigo dye and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's what you'd buy it, presumably uh, the bark for dyeing stuff. But I mean, it presumably take, it just has the highest concentration of like you can in uh, was it Arcadia or Acadia? I think there's a plant up here that also has DMT in a fairly decent amount. Acacia. Acacia. Yeah. Yeah. That's that was that was better. the burning bush in the Bible. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That, when, oh, I there's no proof, but presumably that it was a. Uh, oh, yeah. If it matches the, that, that's interesting. Um, no, but like mimosa hostilis has something like one percent almost DMT per bulk, like per weight, whereas every other plant, like every plant's got some, but they're usually well under like a tenth of one percent or something. So yeah. you could extract it technically from anything, but it would take fucking forever. Mimosa for. a it's about a 1% return. So you get like a kilogram of that stuff and you get a little bit more than 1% actually. Um, and it's, oh yeah, because the bark is where it's concentrated the most. So you do actually get a greater than 1%, uh, I think 10% or so. Jeez. I'll just give you some. Uh, maybe I'll just give you some because you end up with a lot of it when you actually do it. Um, but yeah, dude, that's funny because I could never find it either. And that was something I was super interested in. Yeah, I'm super interested. Just ended up doing it my fucking self, man. Because, yeah, nobody, everyone loves to talk about how they get you right. DMT. Yeah. But then they'd never get you the DMT. Yeah. Like I said, I've only ever gotten it in the vape pen form. And, like, it wasn't that. <clears throat> it was weird. And it was fun. But it wasn't that. All that. And it tasted like ass. It oh, so I, fucking gross. It's mothball-y and gross. Yeah. I wish it wasn't. Yeah. I love it so much. Why can't it smell good? It's the universe. I feel like it's God's spirit molecule or whatever, but God, it smells bad. That's a pretty accurate depiction of the universe, huh? Mm, interesting. No, one, once uh, once it becomes legalized, you'll be able to get like, uh, yeah, DMT. like strawberry kiwi DMT. <laughs> uh, I would love it if that shit got. If everyone did a little DMT, it would. I don't know. I think it's really good for people, like medicinally. I do believe that, but. It's also pretty jarring. I mean, it's an alien experience. I mean, yeah. You feel like you have experienced something otherworldly. I used to think that everybody should trip, and I no longer feel that way. Yeah, I think I've come around to that, too, <laughs> <laughs> after many bad experiences. I've seen to... a couple people just have a bad time, and I'm like, oh, maybe you just shouldn't do this. Like, maybe this isn't for everybody. I feel bad because I tell everyone because I'm so sure because that's my experience that this can't hurt you. Yeah, same, same. Mm, Yeah. I think like certain psychopaths could take it and it just makes them a much better psychopath. Maybe. Like it opens the doors of perception on ways that they could be worse people. There was some kind of a uh, – and and I'm really half-assed remembering this. But there was some kind of an article I read saying that the brain scans of uh, during a DMT experience did resemble uh, psychopathy. 
And schizophrenia, sure. you'd think, but I mean psychopathy specifically too, which is weird because I feel highly empathetic right. during the experience. Yet apparently it's just that also somehow, and I'm wondering if I'm just poorly remembering it. That's always possible. I was hit in the head. Did I tell you guys that shit? <laughs> yeah. What, did you play basketball when you were younger? Yeah, I played in uh, high school and then recreationally in college. That's awesome, man. I wish I was fucking good at Are you any good at basketball? No. I'm horrible. No, I, I mean I don't even know the rules. I've like, yeah. You put the ball in the basket. I got that part. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have to dribble it. Yeah, I was, I'm just not a sports guy. Like I just I don't know. I'm not really a sports guy. Yeah, no. I don't follow any sports. I I wrestled in high school and that was fun. Like ah, like that's that. what your body shape is. I see. No, well I was a lot wirier. It took until really it took until I took some testosterone supplements. Oh, okay. Eh, that's not true. I was I got this big but it took like 10 years of straight lifting and eating the fuck out of protein and then mm-hmm. it went away like instantly. Yeah. Versus after uh, Ranger school where they start I lost like 30 pounds yeah. and I was like 160 to start with. So it was Jesus. And Christ. I just finished the medical course where we'd done a pretty good amount of like um you're you're not a you're not an immunologist or anything. You don't have all these extremely specific things, but I felt pretty okay with endocrinology to the point where I also felt, and I, it's probably sure, though it hasn't been guaranteed, like my hypothalamus stalk like, certainly has been injured through these blasts. Oh, yeah. Um, which really delicate your, structure. Yeah, so the testosterone of all the dudes that have been blown up, if you check, it's all zero. Like dudes that have been blown up a couple of times, like no, none of them are producing testosterone. So I went without for a little while. Really? Yeah, and, I, and I'd already finished like my – on the one hand, right, I'm not playing baseball. I don't give a fuck about cheating. If I could be stronger and more survivable, yeah, sign yeah. me up. I'll take it. But at the same time, I was worried about health. But, I mean, I've never felt better than when I took just a little bit. I'm, oh, yeah. Apparently, I'm a super responder is mm-hmm. what they call that shit. Like, I, uh, I gained back all the weight with a vengeance, and I stayed the same ever. When was that? It's 2012. And have you had any sort of uh, longer-term hormonal health stuff? Since then, you still have to take supplements, or yeah, it's un- it's annoying as shit that I have to maintain a testosterone replacement. I've tried a couple different things. The pellets that they'll insert in your skin, mm-hmm. I think that's an elegant solution because that should take six months. Like every six months, you have yeah. to do it. And apparently, your body's better at just taking what it needs. So, but it doesn't stay in your. If you don't have enough subcutaneous fat, mm-hmm. if you're thin, then it, it doesn't really work. They just push their way out or whatever. Oh, yeah. interesting. So I still have to stab myself with a fucking needle, and I'd rather not do that. You don't do the gel or anything? No, that shit doesn't work. No, nah, it doesn't work. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish it did. I wish there was any other way than shooting this oily shit into my muscles so fucking regularly. It is not my jam. But I've tried to just go, like, even with a low amount of, of tests, and it just kills my life. I don't want to fuck anything. I don't want to do anything. It's pretty important. Home. Pretty important uh, yeah. chemical yeah, to we have. Need we need that no, shit. I was I was a vegetarian for 13 years, and I could not get my shit together. Yeah. For like that whole time, and as soon as I started eating meat again, huh. it was like something snapped in my brain, and just getting a lot of high quality cholesterol every day. It's like that's you, you know you need it to build yeah. all of those different hormones, and uh, interesting. You know, after like. 13 years of not being able to get my life together within a year, I was like, oh, okay, this is what I need to do, and fucking did it. Wow, it's amazing you powered through 13 fucking years of that then. Nah, yeah, it was my 20s, so I had a lot of, I was pretty, uh, I was pretty resilient still. Yeah, I miss those days. Yeah. You healed and shit. Like, that was dope. No, but I'm, uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm better than I was yeah. at like 20. I ate a lot of red meat, and I think that that, I'm called to eat red meat, and yeah, like sure. my, my body wants it. Yeah, I feel so much better eating like grass-fed 
red meat. Any meat, really, but I do yeah. like red meat. Yeah, I try to get more chicken involved because I mean, you get gout and shit. Like having too much of that stuff, you get like yeah. uric acid crystals. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm trying not to eat just steak, but I think that's what I would do if I could all the time. Absolutely, steak and broccoli. It sucks, man. We can't do this forever. I, I think for moral reasons, I'd like to be a vegetarian, but I can't stop eating meat. I no, do it. no, we're we're not no. we're not supposed to be. No, I just want to eat roadkill or something. Like there we go. Super carbon neutral. Uh, is that correct? Hey. Yeah, you know, I mean, it'd be nice to not outsource my murder because that, 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 that's like uh, that's like th- uh, thrifted meat. Mm. I'm about it, dude. I wanted to go hunting, but really just for the meat. Uh, when I saw some deer get hit by a car on my way to work, I was like, well, that's excellent. Fuck, yeah, in the woods. grab it. Yeah, <laughs> me? I don't give a shit, dude. I'm not trying to be a sportsman. Just put a plow on the front of your car and just hit deer. <laughs> Dude, they're stupid. They'll run into it. I, I felt bad. Dude, I had to kill a bunny in uh, the little like, survival school that they give you after you uh, during your. Uh, they call it the Special Forces Q course, the qualification course. It's like two years. Uh, six months was Korean, and like a year and a half was everything else. And during that time, the survival portion, you they kill a goat and they clean it and show you like all the parts and like how to do the shit and how to uh, manage how to kill it humanely. And then they're like, all right, you guys. Then they also showed a chicken and a bunny. So then get in line, guys. It's your turn. And it was random. What are you going to get? I'm just like, give me a chicken. Fuck chickens. I don't yeah. give a fuck, dude. I'll step on that thing. You like, happily boom. kill a chicken. And they starve you a day and a half before. You haven't eaten in like 70 hours by the time they bring you to that class just to make sure everyone's on the on board because yeah, yeah. you're eating that. But they, so they, gave, they show you how to like skin it and cook it? Mm-hmm. They had the whole deal. Um, they gave me the softest bunny. Oh, God. <laughs> this big-ass bunny, too. All white. You had to like swing it from, from its legs to make it docile and break its neck real fast. I was so scared that I was going to like miss and just have a screaming injured bunny. Oh my god, it was so delicious though. But like, if I hadn't been starved, yeah, I don't know. I'd still feel bad, like really bad. I don't feel bad about any of the people, but the animals, like I sure. feel it hurts. It stays with me. They're innocent, man. They no human is as cute as a bunny. Yeah, yeah. They didn't make a choice to like point an AK at me or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Like they were just doing their thing, and I ate them. Mm. Yeah, I had to be starved for sure. But every time I go to the like humane society, I see like a bunny in a cage. I'm just like, I'm sorry. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you could you could tell I've sinned against your people, dude. Bu- bun- bunnies are doing okay. Yeah, it's true. They're, 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 they're from an evolutionary standpoint. They're they're doing yeah, they're pretty doing good. Right. Yeah, you'd be super lucky to actually have a bunny in the woods. You're usually eating squirrel and shit. Mm-hmm. Have you ever eaten squirrel? Anything weird? I like squirrel. Yeah, I found it a little like it's all red meat, like all of it. Yeah, it's just well, yeah, it's just all. Dark meat, kind yeah. of. Yeah, it's yeah. just all muscle. It's not much. I didn't mind the flavor too bad, though. No, I I mean, I've only eaten it a few times, and uh, I haven't had it in a very long time, but I remember enjoying it. Same with venison. I like venison. Oh, I love venison. It's been forever since I've had it, though, but I do like it. So what is the like pipeline to green beret did you go in knowing you wanted to be a green beret you can apparently they although they weren't you said you went to ranger school too so is that like Mm -hmm. you got to do that first and then they bump you up to green Uh, beret it is a it's kind of a separate uh deal sort of like even people in the regular army like conventional units can go to ranger school it's very difficult to get a spot unless you're an officer or in an active infantry role and you suck somebody's dick because basically all the slots are set aside for it is basically a part of the infantry officer course. Um, they all have to have a tab. But for enlisted dudes to go and get a tab, it's just a big, like, prestige thing. Really, mm-hmm. it's all it comes down to. It's uh, just a couple months of sitting there not eating, just carrying around heavy shit in the woods with no sleep. So 
super lame, but I mean, especially once I got there and I realized, like, oh, truly, I'm not going to get anything out of this except a bunch of sucky two months of my life gone and a piece of cloth that I don't get to wear anymore. Like, that was the, eh. But that was just me wanting to do that because it was a goal once I was in the Army. But, uh, no, I did the regular Army shit in Korea and Iraq a bunch, and then uh, I had to go to selection. So you have to sign up, find a recruiter on base, and they get you a date for a class that you go. And then you get orders. You travel out to North Carolina over to Fort Bragg and check in with the, some dude. And it's like the exact opposite of what you described, like what fucks people up at selection. Uh, it was two weeks when I went, and it fluctuates based on how they're changing things. Um, there's no one ever yelling at you. you. They don't even talk to you. It's, they don't acknowledge you. They don't give you any feedback at all. And a lot of people, they do require feedback. They, they get motivation from people yelling at them. And you have to self-motivate, and that's something that they're looking for. So they'll just put shit on a whiteboard that you just constantly have to send someone from your squad to check the whiteboard. And it's always like, oh, shit, three minutes ago they wrote that we have five minutes to eat. So we, we all run, like, shove as much food as you can into your face and be it formation or whatever. Um, and selection sucked. A lot of people quit. Uh, your, my feet were broken afterward. We had, to, like, a 40-mile march at the end. It's just fucking – they called it the trek. They don't do it anymore. Apparently it, too many people were, like, broken feet and – People in other units were bitching, like, you send me my soldiers back all fucked up, what the hell? So now I don't know what they do. I'm sure that still sucks. But um, there's a shit. Bill Burr actually watched this, like, National Geographic episode on it. So if you want to know more about selection, there's actually, like, a little clip of Bill Burr sort of watching it and, and reacting to it. It's just a bunch of suffering. Like, will you suffer enough to be here? Are you here because you think it's cool? But Are you, you smart yeah. enough to suffer through these way worse conditions? You would Without hope. motivation. Yeah, dude. And it's amazing because it doesn't get much better. Like, you, you make it through. It was the best feeling ever. I mean, when I graduated, got my Green Beret, that was cool. But getting selected, I didn't believe that I'd make it. I don't know. It was the goal. It was, like, the, what I wanted. And I just didn't think I'd make it. I kind of fucked up a few things in selection for sure. Like, they send you out in the woods to find shit. And I definitely missed a couple of points. But I don't know. At the end, I felt like I was on air, dude, as soon as they – because they, they make it a big deal, too. Like, um They'll pull you in, and you're a number. You're not even. They don't ever use your name. I was two three zero, candidate two three zero, and so they have you all lined up by by number at the very end, and they just start calling out numbers, and they call your number. You walk out this one door. You don't know if it's good or bad. Like maybe they're taking you to the celebration or whatever the fuck. So they just keep people keep coming, and you're not getting called. Like oh fuck, that's <laughs> pretty sweet. They definitely have fun with it too, and build that shit up. And they, <laughs> they're like, all right, that's the last one. Close that door. Like, guys, I really appreciate you all coming here, and you showed a lot of heart trying, and, like, we really appreciate it, uh, and I want you to be welcome when you come back here for the Q course and shit, like, just slip it in after basically making us think we failed that motherfucker. Oh, cried like a little bitch, for sure. Everyone, had, Well, I cried like man tears, but... <laughs> I mean, like a big bitch. You could find, like, I didn't know any of the people that came from all up the Army, but that night we all went to Texas Roadhouse, and at night you could see who had gone to selection because there was these hobbling, like, crippled people <laughs> walking in. <laughs> And it's like, fuck, for like a week I couldn't walk and I was smiling ear to ear. I was like, fuck, yeah, dude, I'm going to go apparently be a Green Beret. And the funny thing is there's such a long road after that. Like the guys that saw me, they're like, you shouldn't really celebrate this much. This isn't shit. Like there's so long to go and there's still like a 50% failure rate yeah. throughout the course before you get there. But I don't know. That was the one time. So you got where... selected to go to Green Beret training. Right, yeah. to go to the Q course yeah. or the qualification course. So then that, that took like two months of chilling. My unit was cool. Some units, fuck their dude's heart. Like, they're like, oh, you think you're better than us? You went to some selection, and now you got to wait too much for orders. Well, you can uh, go ahead and pull CQ duty, like guard duty all night for the rest of the time here. Like, do all the shitty jobs that nobody right. wants to do. That A lot of people hose their folks like that. 
my guys were really cool. We just came back from Iraq and we were tight because like a lot of us died. Like they actually made a my Iraq tour. The last one they wrote a book about it and did a BBC special because we lost so many people. It was insane. Like everyone, every other person had a Purple Heart. Uh, every squad, like there was a near mutiny because we were losing a guy a day through these bombs we could not detect that we just had to drive around until we exploded. Like that was the mission. Jesus, it was Russian fucking roulette. So people's minds were getting fucking, as you would imagine, you know, uh, pretty pretty roasted. And then. When my unit got back to Colorado, the Colorado Springs murder rate quadrupled, like, within a month. Because a bunch of dudes were all fucked up. And I, yeah. So that's what the book's about, too. And I can't even read all of it to tell you if it's good, because it's kind of like, ooh. But, I mean, coming from that, like, being a dude that was reliable under those circumstances bought me a lot of cred. So once I got back, they're just like, all right, man, well, thanks for doing that. I helped out, you know, around. But mostly got there, and you had to do all the other shits, like uh, field training, the field training being like how to do ambushes and all the infantry tactics, like really involved infantry tactics, essentially ranger school, but it may be a little bit more involved. And then um, I think I did language after that for Korean. It was six months ago. I went into a classroom with like five other dudes and a Korean lady, and they don't really let you use a lot of English the first week or two you do. And then, I think I saw that video. Yeah. The, the language school video? No, the five dudes and a Korean lady. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't, all right, I get. It. I I feel like you wouldn't you wouldn't think that if you'd seen my Korean teacher, man. Like she wasn't the Asian porn that people are looking for. Maybe a niche, but uh, <laughs> I do think it's funny that a bunch of like big old green berets all talk like an old Korean woman. Because I mean, she's the one teaching us, and yeah. dudes definitely talk differently. So I think I wish I could like hear my accent from a like a native person, right? You right. know, because they laugh their ass off. They think it's funny. I'm sure it is. Uh, and then if you pass that, I, I think the last one is the, called Robin Sage. That's where you get to do, they like literally hire actors that you take into the woods and train them up to be gorillas and they hunt you with the police and shit. And like literally like you're dodging cops and they put out word, like they give you fake guns and inform the cops of what shit you'll be wearing like an armband so that they don't actually shoot you. The cops have shot a couple people in the past. Uh, yeah, they killed a, a captain a few years back. So it happens occasionally. Okay. Don't get caught by the cops. The problem is the captain thought the cop was in role. Like, he didn't realize it was a real cop who was doing a real... He thought it was, like, the local cops that were on the script. Because we weren't in North Carolina. We were in Castania or whatever bullshit country they made up. And then the cops were, like, the local... uh, You know, the bad guys, essentially. Okay. So, and then you take your little gorillas out into the forest. You get them sticks and, like, make them run through... Like, here's what an ambush is. And teach them all this shit. And then employ them to blow up train stations and do a little bullshit uh, over the course of a couple of weeks. And it's fairly realistic and pretty fun. And if you make it through that and, and get a good rating or whatever, then you get your Green Beret and go off to finally learn what the fuck you're really going to do when you get to uh, first group here in Washington, which is the best group. First group does Asia, so we partied a lot more. The dudes that were like are like still in Fort Bragg, they're right next to the flagpole. They don't get away with shit. Like They're all still like shaving every day and looking all hua hua, whereas I kind of got to... We got to be chilled, which was yeah. really nice. It was so funny, man. Like it was like the surfers and rock. It was the kind of dudes who did not thrive in the regular army, who were killing an SF because it was all about results. Who give a fuck about like anything else, basically? Like officers were known by first name. There was none of that bullshit. None of the uh, pretense. I would say. Yeah. If this brand new guy's got the best idea in the room, then he's got the fucking best idea in the room. It was a really refreshing culture, to mm-hmm. be honest. I mean, there was some fucking morons to deal with. But mostly not. Like it was. That's why I kind of ended up liking it. I would never have survived the regular army any, any longer. 
Like there was, it was cool to like raise children to men because you get that you get eighteen year old morons that you got to keep them alive, and that's like new brand new recruits can make it to the Green Beret like that. No, like, no, I'm referring to my infantry time prior. Sorry, oh, okay, because that's what you miss as a Green Beret is you don't have any snot nosed kids that you're mentoring. It's all adults. You're all right. You know, at like a professional level of doing this shit now, so you don't really have to mother anybody. But it was kind of nice. Them, I mean, I don't know. It made me a better person. Made me responsible a lot more than I'd ever been when I was having to hold other people accountable. You know, like I can't bitch this dude out if I'm not perfect all the time, if my not, shit's not straight. So it made me better. Like, I kind of wish I got to do that more. You, you said you were running shit already by 24. Did you have like a foreman type job? Were you like managing people on the boat? Uh, a little bit. I, would, I had elevated myself uh, <clears throat> by that point. And so if we got a new deck hand on and, you know, I'm like 22 and they're 19 or something, you know, like I'm, I'm miles I'm, beyond them. And, yeah, yeah. I'm like their boss. And so on, on deck anyway. And so they got to listen to me. It was also kind of fun to like, if I, if it was my boat and I was like tight with my captain or whatever, and I'm the AB able-bodied seaman and we get some older guy on there who's like brand new or even if he's just brand new to the boat like i'm kind of like the senior guy and so like i'm like no you go paint and chip this and like uh just whatever and so i mean certainly not the military but yeah just like you know getting orders from a captain and delegating them and figuring out solutions and problem solving on the fly stuff like that yeah that grows you up a little bit i think I also like how, well, I got to be, I realized you can treat people respectfully and they'll do shit. You don't have to be a dickhead. And people thought sometimes that I was too soft, except my guys outperformed everybody else's dudes. And I did tell them, you know, hey, when they do something wrong, I think we talked about this in New York. Like I had the, the policy where I would pull them aside from everyone, someplace private. And I'd be like, hey, you just fucked up and blah, blah, blah. Tell them why. Do you understand why you fucked up? What are you going to do next time? Okay, cool. We're clear on this. Well, then we don't have to have this conversation. It'll be like it never happened. But if we do have this conversation again, I will butt fuck your soul. And I was ready to go through on that thread always. Sure. And yet I never had to. I mean, and I, I got sent to fuck ups because I was like on my way out. I was getting to like the rejects and they ended up being the top performers. So, hmm. All these guys that said, you have to yell at them and like make them do push-ups and treat them like children. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that you do. Then, yeah, if you... Treat people with a little respect, you know. They went so far for me, dude. Those yeah. guys would kill themselves for me because I respected them. And, and yeah, for real. I mean, that just seems like kind of obvious, you'd think, right? I don't know. The military, there's a lot of hard-headed fascist ass wipes in the regular army. So, I don't know. I'm glad I'm out of that part of the culture. I'm glad that no one, like, owns me anymore, really. Yeah. Like, if you could quit, it'd be one thing. But the fact that you can't fucking quit, there is none. Like you're you're owned for whatever contract period that always chafed me really hard because you're not truly free ever. You can't. Yeah, that sucked. H- how long in before you had these realizations? No, before I got in, I knew it was going to be that way. Okay, I knew it was su- going to suck, but I also initially didn't plan to do it so long. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it kind of just evolved that way, and I hated it the whole time. It stayed consistent, like that feeling of being trapped. I, I was kind of really hostile on my way out once I no longer was doing the Green Beret job. I was like, dismiss- I didn't show up to work. I just did what I wanted, smoked weed all the time. And they were remarkably nice about that, considering. But yeah. uh, 
I just hated the military. And once the cool shit was done with, it was like, wait, now all that's left is the shit I hate. So they got their pound of flesh out of you. Yeah. And well, then some. They did. And, and like, it's hard to say, though. Like, it does feel shitty in my mind knowing that those dudes that I worked with, they're still out there risking their lives and doing the shit while I'm not. Like, it is a little bit of a bummer. I feel a little bit bad, but I try to, people will tell me and it's true. Like, I did my shit. I, I guess I totally don't, you know, need to do more. But I don't know. I think. I think for people who care about people, I mean, that's really what keeps kept me in the military, caring about people, as funny as that sounds, right? No, it makes sense. Yeah, plus you get to jump out of fucking helicopters, so that's dope. I don't know. I always wanted to do really stupid shit like that, and you know what? Oh, I had this thought earlier. I realized how fucking stupid I am. Like, Okay. There was a time where uh, we got some dudes that were out in their Humvees when I was in Iraq. This was regular infantry time. I, was, I had a radio. I was the forward observer for the infantry platoon. So I did indirect fire. So I would talk to a helicopter if we needed uh, help. And we were getting blown up and shot at. So we ran out, me and my buddies. I had the backpack on with the radio mic in my ear as I was sprinting up the road. And I got this Apache helicopter like on station. And he literally turned to where he was right over me and started. I was directing his fire with the 30-millimeter cannons. He started shooting. So I was like running toward these explosions as they were heading and like big ass brass was falling like fucking Blackhawk. And literally that was my thought. I was like, this is like a movie. (laughs) (laughs) And this is happening in real life. Fuck movies, right? But no, that's what I'm like. Oh, this is like a movie. How cool. Like, Jesus. No, this is real life. That should be cooler. But uh, every time it was cool, it was like, oh, man, this is almost as good as a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in the movie, you get to enjoy it without the threat of being blown up. Yeah, but that, that is a little extra panache. That puts a little, that puts a little spice There's on it. There's some spicy shell casings. Yeah, dude, that was so fucking, that was, that was a moment. There's a couple moments like that where I sort of snapshot, you're like, this is the kind of shit that like, no one would believe. Right. And like, this is why you did all this stupid shit was to have this, exper- this type of experience. I mean, that doesn't sound like it even should be cool, but it is. I don't know why. It's super cool. It was fucking, I don't know. You can see what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Right? I mean, I feel like even beyond the military, people know. That that's like just badass, and it is true. More movies are popular; people are interested a little bit, enough to sell a lot of tickets. Yeah, people want to see. People have always wanted to see. I mean, that's what the Coliseum was about. Yeah. Oh fuck! But you know, that's what a lot of vets like me have a hard time realizing sometimes is that yeah, people care about the military, but they care for like two hours at a time, maybe, and that's it. Like, don't like I within the military was super cool, but like on the outside, people are just like, oh, army, we're like that's it for them that's gonna be yeah it. so you need to be mindful of that i think in my position i've i've learned over the years to be like eh, just i was in the army it was mostly what i tell people and it rarely gets beyond that because they don't ask past that because they don't really care right on well, i think i think it's also maybe not that they don't care but it's like they don't want to ask about a sensitive topic or oh. like you know bring something up inadvertently that you were like oh fuck and then just like yeah. <clears throat> bum you out you know okay. what I mean or like they that's how I would approach hate the it. army and don't want to get into a confrontation with you because you're way bigger they think that I would be yeah I think Elliot Doolittle I, we had a conversation where I think he was trying to struggle with that where he's like he clearly I mean fuck the military totally I get it yeah and it does maybe seem weird to say that in front of an army dude but yeah fuck the military for the same exact reasons that you say fuck the military i say fuck the military so i don't know life's complicated but i just i think that it's cool that uh that i'm doing something else where i don't rely on that so much you know like i don't really introduce myself as a military comic what are you what are you doing now uh now i'm comedy well dude they hooked me up with a pretty sweet retirement check so really just writing and um yeah, I, I was getting out at 15 years. I was, like, putting in paperwork to just walk away. Mm-hmm. And they were like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, 
stay in five more years. You'll be paid the rest of your life. You're insane. I was like, I don't give a fuck. You can't give me back five years. I can find money somehow, but you can't give me five years of my life back. So I'm getting out. Fortunately, they caught me at the door. They were like, wait, look at your record. You have all these injuries, all this shit. Let's put you through a med board. And they did. And they just retired me medically at 15. So I got a retirement. And, like, it hooked up big time because it was all combat related. They sure. double it. Oh, and nice. then they make it all tax-free, which means that my taxable income is zero. And for having a pulse, I get paid. So I've been taking advantage of that and smoking a lot of weed and playing video games. Hell yeah. As one should do. And comedy. I'm writing as hard as I can, I guess. What, uh, what video games are you playing? Oh, man, there's this new one called Enlisted that is, it's like a Battlefield large game. I'm not normally into them, but it's all World War okay, II. Okay, And I've been sniping a little bit. Do you feel like your, your combat experience makes you better at the video games? I really don't, funny enough. Ah, god damn it. I really don't, dude. It you does. got nothing. You got nothing for all those years. <laughs> I mean, like, I understand tactics, but tactics really only work when you're coordinating with other sure. people. And I can't coordinate with these jabronis that I don't know. So it's right, like, really, right. it comes down to me fighting on my own, and I'm just as bad as everyone else more or less i'm I'm pretty good but yeah not as good as i should be considering right. my real life kdr is better than most <laughs> people like actually oh man but i played uh what, what do you play oh, i don't really play video games none uh, no I, you, uh, it takes a lot of time i'd love to play uh what is that one elden ring that came out oh yeah. i really like uh the dark souls series but I don't know. I know that would be like 200 hours of my life that I would put into that. And yeah, I just can't. Like, I want to play video games, but I'm just like, I, I, I just don't have the time. Like, I, is is it's either get home from work and play video games, or get home from work and go do comedy. And uh, I chose the latter one, and that's why I'm divorced twice. Well, you might have been divorced playing video games all the time too. Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think I think video games are more survivable. Than comedy. Yeah, probably than comedy. Yeah. yeah. We just lost another uh, local comedian to, uh, oh, well, I guess lost isn't the right word, but <clears throat> there's a, comedy has claimed another relationship in the Seattle uh, scene. Ooh, whose is that? We got Gunner Israel. Oh, I like him. Oh, like, he's great. He's great. Yeah. He's funny as hell. What's, uh, he, he broke up with this girl? I think his girlfriend broke up with him. Mm. Not to air out Gunner's dirty laundry, but... But here we go. But here we go. <laughs> it's for, honestly, I think it's good for him. I think it'll make him funnier, and mm. I think that, uh, you know, he'll be better off for it. And she probably will be, yeah. too. But he he's funny. He's like, he's never let his girlfriend go and see him do comedy ever once. And huh. he's like, no, she loves it. She goes and plays World of Warcraft, and I go do comedy, and it's mm. great. And I'm like, sick. That's awesome. That's working. And then, and then yeah. it wasn't. Apparently. Yeah, hmm. I wonder because that doesn't seem like a bad arrangement. I feel bad. Like I like video games, but yeah, they take up a lot of time, and it's worse when you know that. Like technically, now I am the master of my time, which I have yearned for forever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now I'm fucking it up. You know, yeah, it's yeah. hard. It's hard to self motivate a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. And I, I feel like it, this is kind of a nebulous goal, right? There's not a lot of objective goals I think you have with your comedy career. Maybe you actually could put some in, but I'm not. Right now, I'm so focused on just being learning to be funny. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it just, I'm just getting reps in at this point. So sure. I don't know. Do you call? When did you start calling yourself a comic? Do you? I still cringe at it, even though I think I have passed that threshold at this point. But I still cringe at it. I, if I was at a party. 
and someone introduced me like, oh, this is Jack. He's a comedian. I'd be like, oh, let's not. Let's not. <laughs> yeah, I hate it when people ask what I do now. I used to hate it for a different reason because mm-hmm. I had to make like I didn't have to make up bullshit, but it would be I had to be concerned with not like letting shit slip. Um, but it's funny. I don't have that problem anymore. And the first time it happened, once I was out, I would be like, oh, I don't do shit, I guess. Like, yeah, I don't do a thing. Oh, fuck. Who am I? Yeah. I don't know. I only hang out with comedians at this point, right. so it, it, it's not really an issue. We're the only people that will tolerate you. Pretty yeah. much. We're the dirty crew. Well, no. I, I mean, <laughs> I see this a lot in, in Seattle people is uh, we're so self-absorbed mm. in our own stuff. And, like, uh, I was making jokes about it the other night. Like, I, all of my comedy friendships, uh, they would cease to be. Like, if I stopped doing comedy, I would never see those people again. Because we're only there because we all want to do comedy. And, like, I'm friends with these people because we're at the same place at the same time, like, five nights a week. And we just talk because of that. But if I, you know, didn't do comedy, it's not like I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with Greg. Uh because he's probably doing comedy. Yeah, exactly. And I would find something else to do. But that, you know, like, I think about that too. But that is why I try and organize non comedy comedy events. Like the river, sure. like the river float we yeah. do. You know what I mean? Like take it out of just that world and like solidify it a little bit more. Nah, I, I, I was, uh, I played pinball with the same, with the competitively. Yeah. I played pinball with the same fervor as I do comedy now and made a bunch of friends and like, there's like one guy out of like 200 people that I knew that I still talk to mm. just walked away and left it all behind. Well, what do you think the missing because every relationship requires that you you know have something going on, a physical proximity. Uh, mm-hmm. Most people's friends are where they work or their family or where they grew up. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, once you lose that, it is maintaining a relationship. Most people can't. It's, do not, it. it's not worth your time. Yeah. And I guess it's like so what's the. If you are hanging out with people regularly, like what is the missing element, I guess, just besides not doing it outside? I think there's maybe just not a connection you're making when you're all doing something else. I mean, you don't really rely on each other. Maybe that's it. Well, and and like I've got like three things in my life, four, four things. I've got my girlfriend. I've got comedy. I've got working out, and I've got massage. Rank them in importance. No, not doing that. <laughs> I believe you just did. Uh so, like, you know, I, I don't have time to, like, be like, okay, uh, oh, I'm going to have a cool just, like, friend hangout. We're just going to, like, get coffee and walk around Fremont and check out this cool bookstore. Not, no. But wouldn't it be cooler if you – I kind of wish I had that life a little nah, bit. I, I, I've had it. that life. Yeah. I've had that life and, like, having a life where I'm, like, completely absorbed and driven by my passions, like – that makes me feel alive. Like, I know what needs to be done to, like, get where I want to be in, in comedy. It's a concrete or in massage. Feeling, I guess, right? And, you know, it's like... But you got to have friends along the way, though. Well, I do. I, I have you, and I have Quinn, and I have a few other people who it's like, oh, okay, we're tight, and we'll see each other at mics and, like, talk. But it's not really like, you know, this podcast is an extension of comedy. Sure. Um you know, they're, they're, they're relationships built on an activity. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, we'll talk and we just, you know, gossip about comedy. Or I'll talk to Quinn and we're just talking about writing jokes all the time. 
if if I didn't have to do those things anymore, those relationships built around that w- would no longer exist. It's like it's like a boom town, you know. There's a bar and a brothel and a bank around the boom town, but then if you know, if the if the oil dries up, if all the trees go away and there's no workers for it, you know, th- those other things are super- superfluous. You don't mm-hmm. need them anymore. And like may- maybe that speaks poorly of me. That I, you know, I'm like, okay, well, this this activity over cultivating relationships. Do you have old friends that you still talk to? Like, I've still got friends in Maine that I talk to pretty regularly. Yeah, I, I mean, I talk to them, Maine, but it's not Rhode like Island. it's not like we hang out. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, so 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 uh, I'm on a Discord server with a couple. They don't really do comedy anymore, but we all yeah. knew each other from comedy. It, and I'll, I'll say we if, hang out uh, on Discord all the time. If if the internet didn't exist, I probably wouldn't talk to them on the phone. Sure. Yeah. So like, what about the, video chats? Not really. Yeah, me and the dudes. Too we, much of a luddite. Uh, we do a Discord video chat. You know, once or they do it way more than me because they don't have <clears throat> comedy anymore. Well, they're all in the same time zone, presumably. And they're all in the very. They're all in the same time zone. Yeah, but usually I can jump in for a little while, but. Uh, yeah, it's just you know I don't know it's virtual hangout which is I don't yeah. know I like it it's pretty fun and like we've all known each other for a while so we're just like say horrendous things to each other and it's just like you know yeah that part's fun yeah that's like one of the great benefits of having longer term relationships that transcend just an activity because you, the comfort level I mean you're able to express yourself in a way that you just flow more naturally and uh, I know I'm funnier you know with my funny friends right. than I am alone i mean that might be debatable but i i definitely like the comfort of of knowing someone well enough or yeah that's something that i miss i mean ptsd has actually mostly been explained to me by a lot of the docs as uh one of the biggest symptoms is the inability to maintain close relationships mm-hmm. and um and that could be a mixture of the combat trauma of losing people you cared about it could be the brain trauma it might be i mean were you always like this maybe yeah but i've always been like this before you hit your noggin oh. yeah well, I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like there's a like as a hunter gatherer society, you know, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of mm-hmm. our evolutionary history was shaped in in a circumstances that do not resemble this at all. Right. You know. So we're, that's what I mean. Going yeah. back to the, what I was saying, of I feel like I have old DNA because I feel like I would resonate in that society a lot more yeah. than I do in this society. Well, human beings don't change very fast at all. Like we are still that cave, those cave people to so right. much of a degree. We don't have. We're not any smarter than Aristotle or, or any of them. We had the same equipment because genetics. When, right. Uh, it's we so move slow. Really slow. But life has changed so fast sure. and so drastically. I don't think that we're nourishing ourselves in ways that we don't even understand. I think there's a social and, – and I think that's why the military is so good for some people. You have a place you belong. Even if you don't like this person, I know they're watching my back while I watch this. And you're a part of something that, that gives you a nourishment, some kind of a social nourishment. And we don't get that in our society where I do as you and I pretty much – I hermit the fuck up. I don't, I don't really talk to people like I used to. And I feel like I have close relationships, but I, I really am not doing enough to maintain them. That's weird. I wonder. It seems self-absorbed. I mean, depression is self-absorption in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. You turn time. inwardly all the time, right? Like you're, when I was at my happiest, I was always externally just concerned only about other people, what they were doing, and like in a good way. Like, oh, what do they think? What's their life like as they walk by? You know, I had no thoughts for myself because I was so happy with where my shit was. That's a good place to be. I was probably the best version of myself then, too. When was that? That was probably like right when I 
probably two years into being a Green Beret here and where I finally kind of figured out what was going on. The first two years, you're just, even after you earn your Green Beret and you've done the training, you get to work and it's like, people are using acronyms you've never heard in your life and you're too scared to ask because they've just used five in a row that you don't know and you're just like, fuck. So it's, and you got to learn so much shit. But after two years, I finally figured it out and I was good and I was confident in my, like, I was well respected in the community. I was confident that I knew what to do to be good at my job. There was just all these things that I was doing. I was living my dream. I'm yeah. that. Like, I had a goal and I was doing it. So it felt great. I felt like I had three cocks, man. Just beam of sunshine walking around. I just was every, I don't know. It was a great feeling. And I think that I noticed that the weirdest thing was that I was just more, more friendly. I was more outwardly focused. Yeah. When I've been depressed, it's all internal retrospection and self-hatred and all the other bullshit. Oh, God, I miss right. that. Oh, dude, you don't miss it too much. It's Well, no, I mean, that. my, my <laughs> first, like, 15 to 20 years of life were just so intensely absorbed in self-loathing. Yeah. And that, like, I don't know, it, like, cooked and hardened something in my personality into, like, it, it, yeah. it, it turned it into something usable. Yeah, that's uh, coping. And I don't really experience self-loathing in the same way. And uh, I think I'd be funnier if I had more self-loathing. It's like I've got, I've, got, I've got a dormant self-loathing, but if it could like kick it into high gear and really just like hate myself really good again, I could. Hate I'm you sure you'll good. get there. I don't know. I mean, start <laughs> start eating fucking Dicks Deluxe three or four times a day. Yeah. Stop working out. No, it'll get you there. Man, I, I fucking it. love dicks. It sucks. What's your order? Uh, just a cheese and a fry. Cheese and a fry. Cheese and a fry. Jeez, you're very basic bitch of me. Yeah, man. no, you that that survival training <laughs> sticks that with you, dude. I love the McDonald's cheeseburger too. McDonald's cheeseburger, the straight cheeseburger. It's so gross, but they figured out the formula. Where, where are you from? Miami. Miami. Did they have like a local burger joint there? Not really. It was the Cuban food was amazing. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I got my palate. Uh, Do you ever go to the the Water Wheel open mic? Yeah, actually, I think I might be near there tonight. Yeah, Shanghai just down the street from there, uh, Unbien. Oh, the Cuban sandwich shop. Yes, I have had it, and mm. it's pretty Fucking damn good. Stellar. Yeah, and I feel like a Cuban sandwich belongs in a different like category almost because I you can find that replicated mm-hmm. in a couple spots in the U.S. Yeah, with, with a decent amount. But like the Cuban dishes, uh, like all the things that are only in South Florida. Yeah, God, I miss them. Like this really paper thin uh, plantain chips that they'd fry up. Oh yeah, oh, I love those. and uh, yeah. cover them in garlic, lime, and, and lemon. It was just Sounds it was fucking good. incredible. They had called them mariquitas. Uh, you can't get them literally anywhere outside of South Florida. Fuck, it's the only reason I'd go back to that bug infested shithole of a state is for some Cuban food, and I guess my grandma's funeral. Those are the only two things. I mean, you can probably do both while you're down I'm there. I'm going to get some Cuban food. I mean, yeah, exactly. I love Grandma, but I'm getting some Cuban Is Miami food. worth going to? I've, I went as a kid. I've never been as an adult, and I don't my, – my perception of Miami, I don't even know what to think of it. I don't even – I have no real perception of it. I don't know that I do either, funny enough, since I was, like, underage. So, like, the right. adult experience of Miami, I hadn't really had it. Um, I feel like I grew to have, like, a negative connotation with it because of whatever. But I think if you go there as an adult – and you just want to drink and party like the bars are open till six, something like a six or something. So you could really you could party there, and it, there's a little bit of pretentiousness and bullshit at right. the ritzy areas. Um, that that was really weird to me. Twenty dollars a drink, and this was like ten years ago, uh, where I went to the Delano on uh, Miami Beach while I was in the army, and I came back for like one of the few visits, 
and it was super fucking weird. People were paying crazy money for drinks, dressed to the nines at this really fancy place, just to be seen there. Right. That was the only purpose right. of their visit was to be seen at that place. And I was like, I'm never going to like these people. Like, I'm not no, ever going to connect. Yeah. That shit was crazy. So there's a little bit of toxicity in the culture, but, you know, there. I guess there's a few fun things for a visit. I've also never really been to Vegas, but I just booked tickets to Vegas today. Really? For and what? Just to go. Fucking A. All right. Uh, me and the girl, we're going to go for a weekend, more or less. Where are you staying? Do you have it figured out yet? Not sure yet. We're going in February. We got time. Oh, yeah. But oh. the tickets were dumb and cheap. They're $150 a piece to go to Vegas. I feel like Vegas subsidizes that a little bit. They oh, want yeah. you to get out oh, there. They want I was to explaining go there. Vegas to her being like, you know, everything. I was like, look up Carrot Top tickets. <laughs> like, how much are those? She's like, oh my God, they're only 40 bucks. I was like, exactly. So we're definitely going to go see Carrot Top. Fucking uh, Drop comedy, baby. And it was just like, yeah, everything's cheap as fuck because they just want you to drop tons of money in like the casinos, which yeah. like I'm not going to do. No. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, I'll drop a little, but. Game the system. Yeah, it's yeah. the real rubes that are running the engine there. It's, yeah. And I've lost it. I've, I've been a rube before. No, I'm going, I'm going to do party drugs. Uh, see Carrot Top. Maybe I'm going to definitely try and get us booked on uh, some shows there. Oh, yeah. And which honestly, doing comedy in Las Vegas seems like the dumbest place to go for comedy because, like, you could go see Carrot Top for $40 and, you know, real, like, you got the seller there. Mm-hmm. You got Brad Garrett's comedy club there <clears throat> where they get, like, real headliner. Like, it, there's so much, like, real talent coming through there for, like, cheap as fuck. Like, why would you go see local comedy? Yeah, it makes no sense to me that, like, there's a local scene <laughs> there at all. But I'm going to try and get on it. Well, it, it's people have to live in Las Vegas. Those poor bastards. Yeah, yeah but, like, if, you, if you're... If then you're, they still want to do comedy themselves, and they're trying to, like, hump away at that. And then all those other things exist. They still got to try. I get... I don't know. I mean, I'm still going to... I imagine... Like, I'm still going to try... Oh, Shana Christmas is from there. I should hit her up. I should, Go for it. I bet she's got yeah. some connections. Uh, anyway... I'm I'm going in February. I've never really been. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what we're gonna do, but uh, it's 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 the same kind of vibe as Miami of just like ultra hedonism party time. Like, yeah, a little just, bit more so on the hedonism in Vegas than Miami, but a similar vibe. Yeah, yeah I'd say so. I, in my mind, it's just all rap videos. Like Miami and Vegas are just all rap videos, and I'm just, just like, and UNB. yeah, yeah. I feel like well. I love Vegas, but I also go there to be, you know, irresponsible and, and self-destructive. If you got any so. tips, I'm down to know about Insider Vegas. Oh. I want to shoot some machine guns. Oh yeah, they have all that. Yeah, I don't depending on the price, but like I'm, I'm down to shoot some guns. <laughs> I'm looking at the flamingo. The mm. flamingo. Okay, that's old school. There's that's what I. That. That's what yeah. I want. That's yeah, what I been? want. No, but I no. know flamingo is old school. The, yeah, that's like old strip. So you've got the old strip where all the Rat Pack shit is still standing, the Tropicana, the flamingo, and all that. And I always stayed there at the Sahara, which is another one. Okay, um, which is cheaper than like yeah, yeah, I had I want, a good time. I don't want it to be fancy. I'm looking mm-hmm. for grime. Ooh, well then you might want to be like on the actual. I don't want bed bugs. The lights. Yeah, no, dude. There's some like really old timey. Uh, I think I know exactly what you mean, and I think you want to be where they have that walk under the. There's like a LED cover over this one section of uh i think it's called dust strip but it's not the vegas strip but the brand new hotels I, so i'm probably fucking it up a little bit i don't know i keep hearing about fremont street okay so that's it i wanted to say fremont but since there's one here i thought yeah. i might be fucking up. you know fremont street so that's where you're gonna have all the like silver gun casino and these things that look kind of almost saloony but they're yeah. 
Yeah, they're like 70s and they haven't been renovated at all, but they're still pretty clean. Right. I think that's what you want. I, I think, think so too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The Golden Nugget, I think, is one of them. Yeah. There's one so, called yeah. like the Golden Spike I just heard about. I was at the Golden Spike, dude. Best steak I've had in my life. All right. At the Mexican, or the, there's an Italian restaurant in there. Okay. And we looked up gluten free food. There's a ton of <laughs> gluten free food. Hey, man, I'm a foodie. You, you like to, to eat at places, right? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Vegas has got it figured out. They got a lot of really good chefs there for the rich assholes. It's just got to be gluten free. Not just for me, but for her too, and uh, more for her than me. But does she have celiac disease and yeah. you're just sensitive or what? Yeah, it just yeah. makes me not poop. That's a big enough problem. It's yeah. pretty important. Eventually, that'll be a real big problem. Yeah, I got to monitor it. But no, I want to. I want to pig out on steaks and shrimp and crab legs. Crab legs and like I don't even really drink. Like I'm looking to do acid and Molly yes, and yes. Uh, swim in a pool. And shoot guns and see Carrot Top and spend maybe a hundred and fifty to three hundred dollars gambling. That's that's super reasonable. Oh yeah, especially the machine guns. Super easy to do. I you know what that sounds like a really good plan in general. I've done about six out of those things. I feel like uh, once I see Carrot Top, I'll feel a lot better. But like I feel like every time I've gone there, I spend a hell of a lot more than that. I called the Luxor today just oh, yeah. to uh, I like. I like calling people, but, like, calling them for, like, a serious purpose, but then, like, doing a voice and pretending <laughs> to be, like, ridiculous with them, like, just creating this character. So I called the Luxor today, and I got rerouted four times, and I only talked – I talked to people, like, twice. <clears throat> it was completely unhelpful. I did not get any information, but I was just, like, trying to figure out if they had gluten-free options on their buffets, and, like, no one could answer me. Hmm. Yeah. That's not that unheard of these days, so I would. That's weird. Yeah, gluten is it used to be really fringe. Right, you, know, you but, were eating really nothing. But then I looked it up, and there's like a million restaurants that are like a lot of Italian restaurants that were like gluten free kitchen, gluten free kitchen. I'm like sick. Oh, weird. I would have expected more like Chinese places because there's a lot of cuisines that don't feature a whole lot of gluten. Well, unfortunately, uh, there is wheat in soy sauce. Oh but, fuck, there is. Yeah. That really fucks you hard. What about yeah. liquid aminos? Is there any alternative? I mean, I love liquid aminos. I, I'm a big mm-hmm. fan. But if you go to any place. Yeah, it's like a regular Chinese restaurant. They're not going to be fucking with that. Right. Yeah, you got to bring your you own. You got like a gallon of soy sauce. I mean, sauce it's just in the soy. It's just in the, there's yeah. cook, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, exactly. It's just it's in the around. air. Yeah, that's true. That's a bummer, man. I didn't think about that. Sorry. I was, I was like, you don't have any problems, man. Oh, you do. Yeah. Well, when, did you, when did you figure that out about the gluten? Uh, probably about uh, five or six years ago. When I got off of it, my brain started working good, started feeling better. I lost about 25 pounds in a month. I mean, yeah, I think I've, I've thought about maybe doing an elimination diet, right? Like, that's yeah. what I probably need to do. It just, I don't know, it changed my life. And, mm. like, now... uh. I just I just feel better and I'm not as bloated and like I don't have the brain fog as much anymore and I still I still get gluten bombs sometimes and like my gut still give me problems but generally they're better and Jay turned me on to this uh, yogurt drink thing that I do pretty regularly now that it's great I hate to admit it but the spices do make a difference yeah dog and yeah. Uh, yeah. probiotics for the win man. Your microbiome's where all the health is it's, now. Yeah, I'm doing this yogurt drink where I put black pepper, ginger, and curry powder in it. And like lassi? Is it lassi? Uh, basically. Yeah, it's basically yeah. a sour lassi. And then I just I drink that for breakfast. Yeah, that's just legit. 
That's good. You should. Uh, you. You, there, there, there's a couple spice additions you can make, like besides what? just curry powder. Like what? Uh, I would use specifically cumin and coriander. Oh, right on. Yes, hmm. cumin and coriander. And Those are the same thing. Like cumin is just the ground up seed of the cor and coriander is like no the, c- the cumin leaf. and coriander are two different things. They're from the same plant though. Well, they're different things. That's a different have, spice. This is the best argument I think I've. Cor- coriander is a cilantro, and cumin is the seeds of that. No, cu- cor- coriander is also the seeds. They're they're different spices, dog. All right, maybe I'm. They've thinking, got completely different maybe flavor I'm profiles. That coriander and cilantro. Yeah, are... coriander and cilantro are it's just, the coriander is the dried seed of the cilantro plant. Okay. Okay. But yeah, like cu- sure, curry powder is going to have all of that stuff. But if you get a higher quality, like I, I would say, cumin, coriander, and turmeric, hmm. and put those in at higher concentrations, uh, especially the cumin has a really powerful effect on the small intestine. I that eat you're a looking lot. Of, I cook with cumin. Frequently, I, I, sure, sure, but 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 the I'm a, I'm a heavy cumin. The, the 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 reason that the liquid yogurt works is because it's such an effective delivery system into your small intestine. Mm-hmm. So if you put those spices in and drink the yogurt, it goes right into like the the cell lining of your small intestine and changes the properties of that organ. Okay, I so would, that's I would that's what you're this. looking for. I do take gnarly, like good shits when I'm when I put the spices. In. Yeah, yeah, no, man, I'm not feeding you a line here. Well, that's been my question though, which I truly, to this point, haven't had it answered to my satisfaction. As far as the probiotics, it's clear that your microbiome and your gut is is like really key to a lot of things. But they they've had real good results with. Fecal transplants and stuff. Sure. Like curing depression even and shit for people. But beyond that, like, I can't, I've never heard a doctor say for sure that they can guarantee that that shit is surviving, you know, your acid bath in the stomach. What Western medicine, like, I'm sure that you saw dealing with your, like, concussion Mm -hmm. uh, symptoms. Like, Western medicine is shit at treating the nervous system and the digestive system. Like, if if you get blown up and you need to be surgeried back together, no one's better than western medicine but like for uh chronic stuff and like nervous system and gut health there's so many better options uh this is the book actually here the ayurvedic healing book that i let jack borrow and it it details that uh you know yogurt drink and it has a bunch of different sort of uh you know, natural remedies. That 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 one's like the two hundred one course. It's a little harder to understand without a foundation of Ayurvedic knowledge. But yeah, man, fucking yogurt drink. It's great. It's pretty great. These uh, pretty great old ancient you systems should, of knowledge. Maybe they know something. You maybe should you could, uh, sell a proprietary blend of like if there was just like a mix I could get of the right ratios and just mm-hmm. like put two scoops of this in. That I would. I'd buy it. That's mm-hmm. tricky because it's a different mix for everybody. So how do you figure it out? Experiment. See you, what works for taste. you. But, well, you don't see it consistent, though? I feel like you could, you know, Like, I just want to buy bulk cumin, bulk turmeric, and bulk coriander and just mix them all together. Yeah, go for it. And Yeah, that, 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 a, that works fine. Take a scoop. Mm. You, would, you would do equal parts, one to one to one? Yeah, I, I, I mean... The ratios aren't as important with this specific medicine, this, this specific yogurt drink, 
just so much that you get enough of the spice in there that it can actually do something, hmm. which is the problem with like just a curry powder. It's not enough. So like I, I would get like uh, I would use like a half. A t- I'd use like a teaspoon of each one per per drink. Like I'd have a. That's a fair amount of spice. Yeah. For a cup. Yeah. No, you just get it. Get it in like a quart shaker bottle. Put a teaspoon of each in there. You're good to go. Or maybe like a half teaspoon. I was gonna blend yeah. it all together. Yeah, man. Man, you live your life. Gotta 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 <laughs> spice it up. <laughs> Uh, Dude, have you have you ever had Soylent? Are you familiar with that? Yeah, I've had Soylent. What a fucking name! Those guys just yeah, they ran with that. They're one. really leaning me. in. It's like Jesus. I'm, but I did that shit for a while too. Like it was nice and convenient. I, I looked for that specifically. I was like, I want just good nutrition. Like if you could make it a powder and I just mm-hmm. drink it, fucking a. And then I I did appreciate food more. Like when I go out and eat, like yeah. or when I cook, it was a special occasion. It wasn't just fueling up like. Soylent. What's that other one? Huel. Huel. I haven't tried. Human fuel. Yeah, I don't think. Well, I don't know who is these guys need to pay someone else. What would you call yours? Oh shit! Well, here I am criticizing them, and yet I am blank. However, I'm not starting a company. I feel like. Have I ever had an idea for that? No, but I, I've had an idea, not for a name, but I wanted it to be t- like tubes, like fucking astronaut food in the fifties, yeah. man. And then th- check this out. You can change. Uh, you would sell the tubes based on calories, right? thousand calories whatever people can actually adjust that to their body's needs but then on the top the dispenser you sell dispensers that have a a flavor additive or whatever when you click it on to squeeze shit out through it it adds it so you can have like the bulk product and then just change out the top to get a different flavor out of the the paste or whatever the fuck right yeah yeah i smoked a lot of weed came up with this i think it's a, a killer cracker jack idea because a lot of people like me, when I was I was performing a lot of athletic stuff and doing like my health, I wanted it as simple as possible. Right. And like weekly food prep, I started doing that for Sundays. You know where I'd like Tupperware my whole shit. Yeah. It was just like my whole Sunday was gone. All, there it goes. You know, shopping, cooking, packaging. That shit took all fucking day. And then with just a scoop, like it was sick, man. Because I was able to monitor my calorie intake to a rather exact amount without putting effort into doing that. I had like an eight pack for like ten years. It was dope. The Tinder was great, like for a little while. <laughs> and I felt good. I felt really good too. So I knew that there was some shit I need to probably eliminate out of my diet. Because once I've gone back now, I don't really do it, and I feel kind of shitty all the time. I'm also drinking alcohol a lot more than I used to. That's probably a big factor. Do you drink? Very rarely. Yeah. See, that's good. And you don't drink much either because you're really healthy know. looking. Yeah. I never did, which is why I was able to party so long. I just smoked weed and like yeah, barely yeah. drank at all. Last month or so, I felt like down, and I think that's what's drawing me to alcohol more. Mm-hmm. As you know, alcohol is a depressant too. So the more you drink, yeah, so. it's stupid. Feel good for a second though. Yeah, for a maybe bit, for a minute, maybe if the that, hangover th- is just not worth it to me. Like I, I enjoy drinking. Like when we went out and we were drinking, yeah, we had a few. Yeah, like that was fine. That was fun, and mm-hmm. I had drank more at the venue I was at like than I had in a while. And, like, I was a little turned up. But, like, if I had anything more, like, it would have been a problem. Like, I would have yeah. been, like, I feel like a trash. Knowing where that line is is a fine thing you learn yeah. as you age. Because, yeah, I, I don't really get trashed ever. But, I mean, I'll have, like, I just see that, man, I had two beers, like, every day this last week. It just. I'd had, like, uh. four ciders at the venue I was at. And then I was going to meet up with you. And I was like. I got to eat something before I fucking go to this Irish Well, that's pub. so much sugar also. Yeah. No, I drink dry cider. I'm not drinking mm. Angry Orchard. It's the, sh- the sugar 
content is pretty low. Like I do not like a sweet cider. Okay. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's got sugars in it for sure, but it's not like fucking apple juice. And you're turning it into sugar, all that alcohol. Yeah. That's I mean, like 5% though. It's not too bad on a cider. It's, yeah, it's comparable to like a beer. But yeah, I got that halal food on the street and that tuned me up right. Nice. Yeah. Uh, love those onions. Man, I love a good halal kebab market thing. Mm-hmm. Dude. It's, that was my in Iraq. Everyone was too scared to like eating on the pop. Like, what if they're poisoning the food? All the people. Were, I'm like, well, no, they're eating this shit. Yeah. Too. I'm pretty sure it's all right. And I'd say I was the only dude that didn't get like dysentery essentially from eating all this. Like, because I had the local fauna and there flora. you go, exactly. They spice it right. And I was trying to. T- I'm like, no, dude. Yeah, I was able to eat anything. I had an iron stomach over there. Like, there was refrigeration that failed regularly with the power outages and stuff. So yeah, I was able to eat shit that was super questionable. Like, ah. No problem. Just do it, man. I mean, if you ease your way into that. So, I don't know. All of my friends that visit uh, Mexico and they get sick just from the ice in their drink. Oh, yeah. I'm like, dude, you need to do some prep. Get some probiotics in you. Probiotics are just like eat dirt for a while. Yeah. I really avoid antibiotics. Like, I would... Oh, man. I mean, I have some stories about that in the in the third world where I'd be treating kids and, and the doctors there even were not they didn't know what the fuck they were doing they were just smashing antibiotics on these small ass kids like huge yeah. doses of iv antibiotics like i couldn't believe it and and uh they just had a poor understanding it seems like of what that was doing to the world you know what i mean like yeah. we're not gonna have shit that works in a little while mm-hmm. um and it also just it's bad for your health you know, you've got good bugs in here too you don't want to just nuke them all indiscriminately yeah. which you essentially do with almost all antibiotic therapy that we do um, so a lot of people jump to antibiotics a second they get a sore throat. It's like, dude, no, yeah. 95% of that is viral. Like almost always a sore throat is viral. And it's completely impossible without a, a real test. It'll ulcerate. It'll do. It'll look the exact same as strep throat. It's viral, almost certainly. Like usually, at least. People jump to that shit so much that very little shit works now. Mm, excited. So wait, you, you turned me on to a lot of good bands from that show. How did you hear about that festival? All the way to fucking New York, uh, I just got really into this one band called Prison Affair. <clears throat> yeah, they're was, good. And I was looking at their Instagrams and stuff, and I just saw that they were on this show in New York, this festival, and I was like, uh, there's no way I'm not going to that. So, <laughs> Did they have any other puppets at the show? No puppets. That's oh, that all sucks. Absurda Basura uh, oh. who did that. Absurda, that's trash in Spanish. Yeah, ab- absurd trash. <laughs> He's like some sort of, I don't know, artist in Barcelona. Oh, Barcelona. Excellent Castilian lisp. Yeah. Castilian lisp. I want to go to Spain. I'm, I want to go to Spain so bad now. Uh, I saw my list of things to do in the next so year or two. There's so much like, trash punk out there. Mm. I've just always wanted to go to Spain. And like now, like I just want to go find cool punk shows. in. Like I just want to walk around Barcelona, meet other punks and just be like where am i going like what's happening tonight like yeah that is solid sweet time well have you been to europe at all yeah several yeah. times i just never been to just never made it not barcelona yeah to spain kind of just did northern you know continental never really the peninsulas never italy or uh Me neither. the iberian peninsula i like the eastern block i like going to hungary and budapest and all that like, i like turkey yeah I, I would love to go to turkey uh, but I never made it that far. I was just, you know, I want to go to Romania. I want to go to a lot of places. I, yeah. I hate that, I like, it. I can't just travel. Time like, is limited. I, yeah. I love traveling, and that's what I'm trying to get out of comedy more, too, is just, like, being able to travel on the road. Yeah. 
You got to learn Romanian. We'll see. We'll be guys. We've been doing this for an hour and forty-five minutes. What Sweet. a great episode. That's uh, be good. You want to? If anyone is still listening, I love you, and also do something better with your life. Are you kidding me? I mean, that's a power. That's sitting through an hour forty-five. I, I so really. A lot of people. I mean, I, I, they're probably not listening. Oh, like background. Point, okay. A lot of people put it on and uh, listen to it at work. You know what right. I mean? Put Just, it on and make love to your woman. I will admit, I do not listen to any podcasts. It's the weirdest. I should. I listen to so, so many. Hard. I know. Well, I listen to like one. Yeah, which one do you this. listen to? Uh, Matt and Shane's Secret Podcast. It's fucking sick. All right. I have so many good recommendations <laughs> that I take. The Gillian Keeves new special, pretty okay. Pretty good. Pretty okay. Pretty yeah. good. All right, Rain City Jerks. Wait, got one more joke. Okay. To make about Green Berets. Oh, okay. Thank God. Right. <laughs> it's like you train up the toughest guys in the world, and then you give them a French hat. Mm, yeah, the beret is garbage for headgear. No yeah. sun blocking it. It's true. Well, you look like you look like look like kind of a pussy, right? Yeah, wearing, a, wearing a beret. A bitch. Some people, I know what you're saying, but there's some people I can pull off a beret. And yeah, John Claude Van Damme, one one person. It's not just a normal beret. It's like they got. I don't wear it differently. The, it's got yeah. like the the flat part, and then it's like the flat part. I don't know what the proper terminology is. It's but, like they want people to pick fights with you when you're wearing it. I think that's part of it. It's like I noticed this phenomenon in wrestling. The gayer you looked, the more dangerous this person was. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, the confidence they have She's to got wear the that. Borat, like, yeah, swimsuit singlet. Yeah, those are the dudes you're scared of. I yeah. saw uh, there was a couple at one of the shows I went to in New York uh, one of the nights at the festival, and they both had on berets. He had they both had on maroon berets. Hmm. I don't. But they were military fashion. That'd be airborne. Mm. Yeah, that would make them airborne. And they were, you know, cross-punked out, but they were both wearing berets. And I was like, it doesn't look terrible. I would look like an asshole right now, but on you they were, they looked of South American, Mexican descent. I don't mm, know. It just had like an air of like gorilla to it, which I think is what they were going for. But it looked okay. It looked good. Yeah. Right on. All right. Okay. That all was right. all. All right. Bye. Peace.